Let's lower that music down. What's up, everybody? Sports Goofs number 86, our season four finale, our 2020 finale-ish. We'll have a college football bowl extravaganza in a couple weeks anyways, regardless. But yes, it's our, our last official canon episode. episode. Yeah, our, our canon, canon episode. episode. You know, right? you know, all this stuff that happened. Hey, Freddie, how are you doing? How's it going, man? All right, so uh, always joined by my good buddies, Andrew and Charles. Before we start, we talk, we'll we talk about our Thanksgivings individually, but I want to announce a few things that I discovered in what was a two-and-a-half-hour dive into a rabbit hole that I probably shouldn't have gone down that deep. But in the end, I came out with something. It is December. It is Happy holidays, holidays, motherfuckers. Exactly. We've got Hanukkah and Christmas coming up. Christmas Hanukkah Kwanzaa. Indeed. And, and don't forget Festivus. <laughs> That's true as well. Oh, we could have aired our grievances. We should have planned for that. Ah. Oh, well. Well, uh, isn't isn't our um, Gottlieb soon That's kind of true. A, yeah. Kind that's of right. a, a airing of grievances. <laughs> that is true. We have started a charity drive. Yes. The goofs do have a heart. And we are trying to beat the Varus. The Varus. Indeed. The CV. The Varus. Whatever you want to call it. The Backstreet Boys World Tour. In any case... We've got a goal of $100, and that'll go to the CDC Foundation to help them in their struggle to fight the virus, the curriculum virus, <laughs> as Freddie has put. So that's the thing, and uh, I probably should add a link to that somewhere in the description. Another thing, I kept going down this rabbit hole. He went really deep down the rabbit hole. Oh, yeah, super deep. Um, you could take that out of context if you want to. Anyways. I'm sure someone will. Mm-hmm. It's Sports Goose, all right. We also have a donation till. You can donate various different amounts of money to help us if you want to. That, that's fine, all right. And I've set it to some of the nicest numbers possible. You can donate $6.90 to us or $4.20. <laughs> Uh, don't you guys any, love it? Any payment you gave to you give to us would be really, really nice. Indeed, uh, that's that's another thing. Uh, ah, we're gonna keep going down this rabbit hole. I can't believe this is the last episode of the season, and I I finally institute all of these things that should have been instituted probably a year ago now. But whatever, we're here now. Right? We have a legitimate podcast that's making us money. And we will soon be able to eat from the McDonald's dollar menu for all three of us. Mm-hmm. Actually, we made $3 already, so we, we can technically do that. But we will have to pay for our own tax afterwards. Mm. <laughs> so grab that quarter, Don't guys. Do it, just I guess. <laughs> <laughs> guys, we have merch. Ah, ah. We yeah. do have merch. Can Indeed. you believe that? that we have we, merch. We, we have merchandise in which you can buy and tell the world, yes, I do watch and listen to Sports Goose. All right, we've got shirts. we got hoodies. Just click on that link. You'll head on over to our merch store. And, yes, Empire of Sin is sponsoring us tonight. They just released today on December 1st. It's out now for your PlayStation 4, your Xbox One, your PC, and your Nintendo Switch. 
if you feel like being a 1920s era gangster. Uh, Who wouldn't want to be a 1920s gangster? Indeed. So, guys, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good, man. How about yours? It was fine for me. I ate way too much, as Mm -hmm. evidenced by me and Andrew walking today, and I walked about four miles almost. (laughs) So, uh, I'm working hard to fight off the weight. It was good for me. I, I mean, just trying to do certain things, and I realized that I have a problem, and I can't stop ever eating dinner rolls when they're available to me. <laughs> oh, boy. Like, everybody's just kind of weighing in the mountain. There's me, but like, I'm just going to pocket this. I'm going to pocket this. I'll pocket dinner rolls from a little child. I don't care. <laughs> you know? All right, guys. So there's our merch store, the Goose Nest Gift Shop, as I have called it. And there are currently four things available. You can get a Goofs Kiss Cut sticker. You got a Goofs mouse pad. All right. Available in white there. We have a Goofs hoodie, as you can see there. And it's available in several different colors. Let's let's take a look at this. All right. You got it in red. You got the white. You got a light gray. And you got a dark gray. Look at that. Look at the quality of our logo on top of that. You know, you want to plaster that in front of people and tell them, hey, I listen to the most beautiful thing you've seen. Indeed. Exactly. And we got a t-shirt. All right. And that t-shirt's available in navy blue. And we got it in white. We got it in black. And we got it in red. Oh, there you go. That's your new workout shirt right there, Charles. Yeah. You know, if it comes extra small, let them see what I got going on here. You, you know, can get it small. There. That's the smallest we got. All right, you can go over the triple XL and use it as a blanket. There you go. You know, you can be, and for those who like ugly sweaters, I'm sure you can find a way to make it ugly, whatever works for you. I think it's, if you want style and class, you have to get this. You have to understand, it's the average price of every other shirt. It's cheaper than a can of coal, gentlemen. Ladies, ladies, you know, you don't have to go to Victoria's Secret just to be warm and comfy. It's cold outside. Yeah. Like 50 degrees. Where the you will never be more proud to support your local podcast goons than you would be today. Understand this, folks. Understand this. I will never be more proud in my life than what we just accomplished. My firstborn, meh, toss him in the trash. I would never toss away this shirt. <laughs> it's beautiful. I don't even wear sweaters. I live in Florida. I don't believe in it. But guess what? I get a sweater, right? I should have to buy my own product. You should buy the products. Go ahead. Support us. We need McChickens. There you go. Yes. Yes, indeed. So that's the Goose merch store right there. And yeah, there you'll we're gonna I'm gonna take our month long break to add more stuff to this insanity that we call sports goose. And uh holy crap, look at the matchup here. Uh, the the default matchup in Game Breaker. You got Miami versus Ohio State, the day that the U died. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie, I just already want to sing uh, American Pie now. But if we can make a parody of that. You know, because every other radio show does it, so this could be the day that you died, and just do background clips, and we'll have me making crying sounds in the background. Are there any levees down here? <laughs> levees? I don't know. We will know because the levees dry, right, boys? Mm-hmm. And you're drinking whiskey and rye. Singing this would be all right. Stop this. I will sing <laughs> karaoke. I'm not even drunk. I'm not trying to impress no peoples. No one needs to hear my dulcet tones. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. So that's it for the 
preliminary intro for the show. Sports did happen over the weekend and is happening this week as well. So we'll go we'll go over some stuff. NBA's dropping a lot of jerseys right now. Like he just came out with a fantastic vice jersey. The Milwaukee Bucks came out with junk or as we call it, trash. Trash. Indeed. Yeah, let's let's see. Where, where do we go first, guys? I I had mentioned this earlier, but I'd like to start off with motorsports. Motorsports is probably the second time that it's been mentioned on the show. Mm-hmm. The last time was like last year's Daytona 500 or something, maybe. Right. Um. So for those who don't know, uh, I have become a bit of a uh, Formula One fan uh, over the past year or so. Thanks to Yellow's Marble Run. <laughs> well, not just not just that. Um, by the way, check those out if you haven't yet. Now is Marble Run, but Netflix created a series called Drive to uh, Drive to Survive, where although by all accounts it was overly dramatized because Netflix, because reasons, drama sells. Um, but it was a really cool look into the inner workings of Formula One. And Formula One is not that popular here in the U.S. because A, none of the drivers are American, B, only one race a year is held in the United States, and I don't know, probably other reasons, but it is a huge sport. NASCAR, right? It's because NASCAR. Um, But it's a huge sport elsewhere in the world. I, I would put it up there... There's still a chance it'll happen. I mean, it'll be it'll obviously not be anytime soon because of CV, but yeah, it'll be interesting to have it. The U.S. race is currently held in Austin, Texas, over at the Circuit of the uh, Circuit of Coda, as they call it, C-O-T-A. I think it's Circuit of the Americas. Okay. Uh, yep, yeah, Circuit of the Americas. Anyway. So, and just to give you an idea of why I think it's such a worldwide sport, last year, the last normal year, there were races held in Australia, Bahrain, China, Azerbaijan, Spain, Monaco, Canada, France, Austria, England, Germany, Hungary, Belgium, Italy, Singapore, Russia, Japan, Mexico, U.S., Brazil, and Abu Dhabi. Wow. So yeah, it's it's all over the place, which is really cool. Anyway, let me get to the real reason why I'm discussing Formula One. This past Sunday was the 2020 Bahrain Grand Prix. Bahrain is well, Bahrain. It's a country in the near the Persian Gulf. It is situated between Qatar and Saudi Arabia. So during lap one of the race. Um, it was getting a little bit chippy. There were a lot of people, uh, you know, going all over the track. But then a huge incident happened. Uh, one of the drivers for the Haas racing team, uh, Roman Grosjean, something happened with his car. It kind of veered out of control. It clipped into another driver, Daniel Kvyat, and uh, Grosjean's car spun out of control hit one of the metal guardrails, the car split in half and erupted into a gigantic fireball. Now, this isn't the 1970s or whatnot where where fires were really common. 
fires almost never happen these days in Formula One because they have the fuel tanks are now made out of Kevlar. There are so many safety features just for the gas tank. You know, that never happens anymore. So the fact that it exploded was huge. Second, as as I mentioned, the car split in half, which we found out later was actually d uh, done by design because it helped dissipate some of the force. Because just a, a brief lesson, I guess, in how the car is designed, it's basically, they call it a a survival uh, pod, if I remember correctly. Is it called like a halo or something? Yes, I'll get to that in a sec. So basically it's like a cocoon sort of around the driver and then the car is built around that. This little pod, if you will, um, is designed to... Everything else can break away except that. That has to stay intact. The driver's strapped in there with like a six-point harness. He's got something called a hands device, which is uh, a little something that goes over the shoulders that attaches into something that's connected to the car. It has these little straps that are connected to the back of the helmet. Um, this was invented after Dale Earnhardt's accident in uh, 2002. Um, when he died because I believe his, his neck snapped or something happened uh, because it looked like a pretty harmless crash, but the angle that he came into the, into the barrier caused something to happen with his neck and he died. So this hands device was uh, uh, designed to prevent that. It kind of keeps it a little more... Uh, someone described it as like an airbag for the head. Um... So, and then on top of that, like Francisco mentioned, there's something called a halo. This was only introduced in 2018, but if you look at a Formula One car pre-2018 versus now, you'll notice there's this kind of, uh, not a canopy, but it's something that goes in front of the driver's head. It connects behind the head to the car, wraps around in front, and then there's a kind of a segment in the middle um, that connects it to the car in front. And what this was designed to do, it was first introduced after uh, an accident back in 2014 involving a driver named Jules Bianchi who crashed into a, a crane vehicle that was lifting another car that had crashed and it basically it hit, he hit his head on the car um, and unfortunately died. Not immediately, but it was a few months later because he was in a coma basically the whole time. Um, but what the Halo is designed to do is it adds a little bit of extra protection for the driver's head um, because any objects more than likely will hit that first um, before it hits him. So... This is so, from ESPN. I'm, sh I'm sure I could have... Uh, if I had known, I would have... Uh gotten more high quality images from Getty but by the way you can still see the the fact that he survived is a freaking miracle right so what saved him was well anyway I'll, I'll get away from the safety stuff really but what happened was when the car went into flames 
he was trapped in there for about 17 seconds. Someone timed it out. Now, good news is the suit that they wear, the helmet and all, the suit that they wear, with the exception of the hands, is designed to, is rated to survive fire for 20 seconds. And the drivers are trained to be able to unharness themselves and get out of the car in 10 seconds. They go through that training regularly. You know, he was able to get out in 17 seconds, which is pretty fast considering that he sustained 53 Gs of force going into the barrier. And that the car, the front part of the car was wedged inside of the barrier and it was on fire. So seven seconds delay is not too bad. Here's where it was, as much as it was luck, there was so much that went right. For one thing, on the first lap of the race, there's always a medical car. It's kind of like a safety car um, that follows the pack. Since this happened on the first lap, that car was still on the track, and it raced up to him immediately, and they got to him within 10 seconds, maybe. Yeah. So that's huge. That's one. Two, there were marshals, people who monitor the track from the side. Basically, the second that the car went up, they were across the road um, with fire extinguishers, and they got started maybe within 10 seconds. And then the big story was uh, the two people that were in the med- two of the people that were in the medical car was a driver was the driver Alan Vandermer Merwa I forget how it's pronounced and then there was a doctor Ian I forget his name uh, but the two of them rushed up and bear in mind that's that's not really their job to go toward a flaming wreckage. And one of them actually reached into the fire and pulled out Grosjean and eventually sat him down uh, when he basically collapsed once he was clear of the vehicle. It was unbelievable. And between that and the thing is, sorry, one other thing, he probably would have died if the halo wasn't there. The reason why is if you look at a picture of it, of that front portion, Oh, there's the picture. There's a still image of the person reaching and grabbing him out. The the barrier hit the halo. So let's here. I'm gonna pull up an image of the halo right here. Yeah. So the barrier crashed into the left portion of the barrier or of the halo. If and that arrested the movement and that stopped it. And if you look, that is right directly on the head. If that if that halo is not there, that barrier hits him square in the side of the head, and he is dead. Basically, he was going how fast? He was going 137 miles per hour into that barrier. Oof. A steel barrier going to, uh, hitting your head at 137 miles per hour at 53 g for g Yeah. You're not surviving that. Look, look I don't at, care how good your helmet is. Look at is. the images right here of the wreckage. Mm-hmm. It's insane what happened. That that like crumpled mass that you see right there at the front, that's the survival co- uh, the survival p- cockpit. Like it's it's a miracle that he survived. Uh, everyone without a doubt is saying as much as the technology survived him is an absolute miracle that he got out of it with 
second-degree burns on his hands because, as I alluded to, most of the the suit is rated for 20 seconds. The hands are only rated for 10 seconds. Um, and I think he may have broken a rib, but yeah. second-degree burns on your hands and a broken rib... And yeah, we saw the images of his hands in 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 the wraps and everything. He's and he was he's, basically unscathed. He's doing <laughs> squats now to try and uh, and there's another race coming up in Abu Dhabi, and he's trying to get ready for that. Which is that's the I, that's the finale. They're doing yeah. another okay. race this weekend, also in Bahrain, and then the the season finale is in Abu Dhabi, and you know obviously he's. Stupid enough to think that he'd be ready in a week, in less than a week. Yeah. Um, but it would be a miracle if he was somehow able to uh, participate in the Abu Dhabi race. Like, jeez. Um, and the strange thing is, this might be his last race in Formula One because he is not contracted with a team for next season. So you know you'd hope that he would be able to find a seat somewhere, but you you just don't know. Yeah. Uh, but no matter what happens, you know he he is truly a survivor, and you know the entire racing world is you know there, extremely there's, thankful. This, here's a good image of the halo right there. Yep. You can see kind of that black mark. That's where the that's where the uh, where the barrier hit. <laughs> and the funny thing is, uh, back when the halo was first introduced, a lot of people didn't like it. Even even he said he was a skeptic of it. Mm-hmm. Because it it kind of ruins the flow of the look, if you will. Yeah, um, impedes your vision a little bit too. It's right in front of you. But. You can't, and there there was an incident uh, earlier this season, actually, or maybe it was last season, where a tire directly hit. Uh, it was a, a flying tire. I think it was this season. Hit the halo, mm. which again, if the halo isn't there, there's a god knows how heavy tire and rim hitting you square in the helmet at a hundred something miles per hour. You don't survive that. So, but this is really kind of the first graphic incident where you see how necessary the halo is. And it's universal at this point that it's ne it's you need it. The the halo is necessary. So, any doubters because you know, sometimes it's like uh, if you don't see any issues with something, it's like oh, we I guess it's overrated. We don't really need it, um, and then it goes away, and then all of a sudden you take it away, and then you truly needed it. Here, luckily, people weren't thinking that. Or, they were like basically, or seeing was believing. Like okay, exactly. there wasn't really anything to show that oh, there was, this is actually working until we yeah. got probably the most extreme scenario here. Uh, uh, it's a hundred percent of people are saying if the halo wasn't there, Grosjean is dead, without a doubt. Uh, there's, there's not like, well, maybe he's gonna get it's, knocked out it's, it's, or yeah, like and in I, a coma. But it's no, almost because no, no. you know you always have the people that you know always reluctant to change. I mean, we've right. seen the same thing in other sports. The NHL, 
you know, first, oh, they have to wear helmets now. Okay, and then now we have to wear visors now because, like, the visor thing didn't happen until Taylor Hall got hit in the face in uh, during uh, during warmups. Right. Uh, so then that became instituted a, a thing. Okay, everybody has to wear at least a visor. But at least in this case, thankfully, well, it was too little, too late because Bianchi passed away. Mm. But they they didn't give in to the pressure of oh it doesn't look good and Grosjean. Uh, is is here to tell the tale, and you know, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So I, I know that we don't usually discuss motorsports, but this, even if I wasn't an F1 fan, this uh, is a very good learner goof. This is a very good. Oh, it's a good learner goof. Hey, and I can actually say that I learned, <laughs> and I guess this would also go in the uh, uncultured swine. Oh yeah, kind of, yeah, because it's a little international. You know, we have one race here, and yeah, a little bit of everything. Real MVPs to the to the people who designed the Halo and the and the folks that that got that dude out of his car as quickly as possible. Yeah, it's they have a at each race. Uh, this will be my last thing on it. Um, at each race, there's fan polling for something called Driver of the Day. Um, and it's not necessarily, you know, who won the race. Uh, it, it typically goes to the person who made, like, the biggest leap in the field. Um, like, if someone were to go from last place to, you know, a podium, which is the top three, you know, they would probably get it. You know, uh, people voted, in this case, uh, they gave it to Grosjean after, a, out of, I don't know, respect or whatever. But there were a lot of people who wanted to do a write-in vote for the medical car driver, Vanderwerk, which he was very appreciative, but he and the uh, the doctor that was in the car were both very uh, humble about it and said that they were very lucky um, that it worked out the way that it did. So that's, that's a little bit about motorsports. And then... Uh, before we go on, I just briefly wanted to touch on two things, because history was made this year um, in Formula One. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, who is uh, one of the drivers for the insane... They are the New York Yankees of uh, Formula One right now. Oh, he's um, a positive for the Vars. Well, right. Um, so he's out. His it's the first time he's missed a race in his career since he started in 2007, um, and possibly may miss a second, uh, the one in Abu Dhabi, depending on if he tests positive, gets enough negative tests. So Lewis Hamilton tied one record and broke another this year. Um, he tied the record for the most driver championships, uh, with seven tied him with uh, Michael Schumacher. He set the win for the most races, uh, most race wins. Nice. I think he's, he's at, he won Bahrain, he won the Turkish Grand Prix, he won the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix. He won. What happened this year Lord, this was this guy just wins. He wins. Uh, you know that that's not all I do is win, win, He's win, won no like matter what. Five races in a row. Like he he that song might as well have been written about him. Yeah, it's it's 
ridiculous what he's been able to accomplish. And he still could potentially race for a few more years. You never know. And then also he led the charge. He's the only black racer uh, in Formula One and one of few in motorsports as a whole. Um, he led a huge push to uh, in the wake of the uh, George Floyd uh, murder to make Formula One more inclusive. He started an inclusivity committee. Uh, he was able to convince the Formula One to start a inclusivity campaign. You know, he's done a lot of good uh, this year, not just on the track, but off it. So, is he you know, a real a MVP? <laughs> he is a real MVP for sure. Yay! I can use the graphic. <laughs> <laughs> um, although, really, uh, my other MVP are the, are the marshals and the driver and the doctor who helped out Grosjean. A lot of real MVPs uh, for in, me this week. In Formula One. In Formula One. And Formula One, if you somehow see this, first off, please donate to us. We would love to sponsor you. We would love to we would love to go to a race. I will fly to Austin and cover a Coda race. Um, that's one and two. Please come to Miami. I want to go see a Formula One race. Doug would love to see a Formula One race. Yes. I, I would drag a huge you, racing fan. I would drag you two along to go see it. Mm. They had a thing on Marlins Park making, a couple of years ago. They're not making left turns. Not, not okay. a, it was like a race champions thing that they had. So. They had a, a Formula E race here yeah. a few years ago. Formula E is the... It's a bit different, but it's essentially sort of the same concept, but with electric vehicles only. Mm. Okay. Uh, it, I, I won't go into too further detail, because that would take me another half of the episode. But basically, it's Formula One with electric vehicles is a quick way to describe it. All right. So that was very informative. I really liked it. Uh, we, you know, we can always talk Formula One in the future. All right. I, I like me by racing video games. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Maybe you can drive one of those old timey 1920s cars in Empire of Sin. Maybe you can do that. It's in Chicago. All right. 1920s Chicago. Can be your own little Al Capone. All right, or go to Sports Goose merch store. All right, well maybe we can get a fedora on there. Who knows? I don't know if that's an option. <laughs> if it is, I'm gonna make one. <laughs> you gotta have a fedora. Yeah, you know. All right, gonna gotta grow out that neck beard. All right. Mm. So let's uh, let me get to uncultured swine guys, because I've been I've been sitting on this one for a week now. I wanted to do it last week, but I felt like we needed to throw it out to our Canadian brethren, but then something popped up, and I'm like, ah, I have to cover this team because this might be one of the most awesome things that I've seen in sports in a very long time. So, guys, we're, we're going to take it back to baseball. Back to baseball. Yes, baseball is still happening somewhere in this world. Or at least it happened. It happened in the KBO, the Korean Baseball Organization. We're going to learn about the NC Dinos. All right. This is a team that has merged two of some of my most favorite things in this world. 
baseball, and dinosaurs. <laughs> it's not a T-Rex at the bat, right? So, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, dear Lord, I would love it. Uh, but yeah, the NC Dinos, all right, they were established in 2011. Play out there in the KBO, playing Chengwon, South Korea. And they have one championship, guys, and it was this season. Just recently, they are the 2020 KBO champions. And yes, they have their own trophy. That's all well and good. But, you know, the trophy is a piece of metal, as, as eternal goon Rob Manfred has always said. But the NC Dino's ownership was like, no, no, no. This piece of trash trophy is not enough to celebrate our first ever championship. They're owned by uh, like a mobile video game developer. And we need something to commemorate this moment. All right, rings? Ha! Rings are old hack. No, guys. We're going to give our players a goddamn giant sword. That's awesome. All right. So, the NC Dinos presented their players with a commemorative sword. Which this is a, this is a sword that you would find in an anime. Yes. Like this this is straight out or of Final an anime. Fantasy or something. Uh, actually, the sword is straight out of a video game, and it's straight out of, well, I think, one of the most successful mobile games. So they, I think it's the most powerful one you can get in the game, and they're like, we're going to make a real-life version of that. That would be, That's like a real circle jerk. It's You're promoting your own game uh, on with a team that you own. Yeah, ESPN. But it's a really, it's a really impressive one. I first would say off, that kudos much. to ESPN for broadcasting the entire... The entire KBO season. Uh, they started it when the Varus thing started to happen and it looked like we weren't going to get Major League Baseball. And they're like, okay, we're going to cover the KBO because Korea got their crap together. All right. Donate to the fund, by the way, if you want to get the U.S. to get their crap together. And so uh, they, they kept it going throughout the entire season. So they defeated the Doosan Bears in six games and they got a freaking sword. And. I cannot. I, I'm just jealous. I mean, sheesh, man. We're the American sports are boring compared to this thing, man. Mm -hmm. Aside from Paul Bunyan's axe and college football, you know, college football probably has the equivalent to this with their various rivalry trophies. That's probably the closest that we can get to that freaking sword. So I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's probably the closest we can get. We got Paul Bunyan's axe. We got the the spear with or the or the gator head and stuff like that. Th that's probably the closest we've gotten to it. All right, and then we've got the most hallowed trophy ever, the Stanley Cup. But that's Canadian, so I don't know if we can. Uh, but it hasn't been claimed by a Canadian franchise in a long time. Also, we can't forget about their mascot, Swole Daddy. <laughs> Guys, that is uh, that is a fantastic. Fantastic name. So, for sure. Their mascot is a sauropod dinosaur, but he is swole, guys. And I mean swole. He is swole daddy. You can get your swole daddy t shirts if you want. That's fine and all. All right, this was, uh, this was a previous mascot of theirs, but no, 
It's all about Swole Daddy. So NC Dinos, man. Oh dear lord, I, I love this man. This this is great. I, I now have a KBO team for sure. Alright. I I am NC Dinos forever. I don't know what mobile games they sell. I'm not gonna download any of them. Get go get Empire of Sin instead. That's fine. But man That is the He Man sword. <laughs> yeah, there were people putting the He Man gifts and replying to that. Oh, that's a that's a huge sword. I mean, that is awesome. I don't know where they're gonna put it in their ballpark. Like, could you imagine hanging stuff like that in your own stadium? I mean, the Yankees with like twenty-seven swords out in the outfield. <laughs> now that's intimidation. It, it makes me. Don't you guys wish that they had a golden bat to include for like the World Series champions? Just, yeah. just you know, something additionally as a great peripheral. Now I want cool things, and we can't have cool things. Yeah. Though they play out Changwon NC, yeah, NC just sponsors the entire thing, and Changwon NC Park and Changwon South Korea, and it holds twenty-two thousand people, and that's all I wanted to say about this team, guys. This is great. So congratulations to the NC Dinos. All right, kudos to you guys. I I I I, I tip my Chronosaurus model that I'm holding right now to you guys. <laughs> Good job, you've you've made us proud. Uh, so that's that's uncultured swine for 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 this this week, guys. So we can move on to you go girl, where we highlight a woman in sports and Andrew. The college football did a thing. Mm-hmm. Let me take it. This is this is my wheelhouse, boys. So anyway, the our you go girl for the week is Sarah Fuller. She is a goalkeeper for the Vanderbilt uh, Commodores women's soccer team, and led them to the SEC conference championship for this season. But she is the first woman to play in a Power Five conference football game. Huge history. Um, Vanderbilt's uh, kickers were all out due to COVID and fuck, I said it. The um, virus. Donate to the, the virus, fun, folks. <laughs> due to CV and uh, contract tracing. Yeah. So, so basically, uh, uh, what happened to the Denver Broncos, but for kickers. Right. Their starting kicker had already opted out and contact tracing its sign light its other kickers. Vanderbilt does not have a men's soccer team, so they went to their goalkeeper, to the women's soccer team's goalkeeper. And I will say this, goalkeepers are underrated when it comes to kicking because they have to kick the ball the furthest, and it's with pretty decent accuracy. I say if you had to pick one position that would be the best at kicking field goals or extra points or whatever, it would be the goalkeeper. So they brought her out uh, back from <laughs> back from Thanksgiving break, as a matter of fact, and she made history when she kicked off the second half uh, because Vanderbilt got the ball to start the game, so she kicked off the second half to Missouri. Unfortunately, Vanderbilt got blanked. They got shut out, 41 to nothing. So she didn't get a chance to kick a field goal or an extra point. 
Um, but if I read this article correctly, she is still she is still activated for this coming for this week's game. So we may just get a chance to see her break another uh, record, which is first woman to to play in a game and first woman to score a point in a game. So Sarah Fuller, you go, girl. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, this is a no-brainer here. And then uh, we've got, of course, the residual effects of a bunch of uh, small dick guys who are offended by this. Right. But y'all know that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you guys are just jelly. Just jelly. You couldn't play in college football. All right? I mean, dear God, you guys, you guys couldn't even make Vanderbilt. What does that say about Oof. you? <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, Ouch. That was a bit of a low blow. Vanderbilt, I'm sorry. All right. Well, you guys are very it. good in baseball. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. They're very good at baseball. Not gonna trash your baseball team for sure. Apparently, in women's soccer too, because your kicker was able to outdo. Well, I mean, the Varus outdid everybody here. <laughs> Donate to the fun, folks. But Sarah Fuller. Great. But there was a woman in sport in uh, in college football. I think in uh, pr- prior to this, right? But not Power Five, right? Correct. There, there's been a woman in FBF in a lower, okay, uh, in the lower tier, I guess you can call it. She played for New Mexico, also kicker. Mm, um, okay. But this is the first time that uh, that a woman has played for a Power Five or a upper tier, whichever you want to call it. Um, there have been two in FBS. And B, BU, yeah, that's what BU just commented right there. So, welcome, BU. How you doing? How's it going? All right. Great job, Vanderbilt. You guys finally did something right in football. That's another low blow. I'm sorry. The Seminoles are trash. Don't worry. I admit it, too. <laughs> uh, New York kicker was on Colorado's roster, but never got into a game. There you go. So, there's... There's a bit more learning goofs here. More education. Had a better no a minor league team planned. Better no minor league team where we uh, talk about different minor league franchises in sports. And I've been I've been especially focused on the teams that are getting the chopping block. Even though Major League Baseball just announced, I believe, a six-team uh draft league as they've called it which is basically an amateur tryout league for guys who are in college and and i guess eligible to be drafted and just need a showcase for them so i think there are six franchises i think they're former atlantic league teams or new york penn league teams that were going to be on the chopping block so major league baseball is converting them into a college showcase but there's already college showcase leagues anyways out there and great excuse to not pay the players so good job rob manfred good job you are always an eternal goon so here's another team that was on the chopping block right now the billings mustangs so billings mustangs established in 1948 this is how how far back we're going with these teams guys i mean a lot of these teams are are just 
ancient. They've been in their communities for so long. And it's really sad that this is happening to, to so many teams. But um, uh, we're going to highlight them. Hopefully, they'll find some future. And they're fighting for affiliation. Maybe some teams will be will will try and foot the bill to have some more of their prospects play for these teams. Uh, they were established in 1948. They play uh, out in the Pioneer League in rookie advanced ball. They're currently the affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds and previously the Kansas City Royals, the Seattle Pilots. The St. Louis Cardinals, the Pittsburgh Pirates, and the Brooklyn Dodgers. They've won 15 championships out in Billings, Montana. Their most recent in 2014. Notable alumni. We've got a lot of them in uh, various teams. And uh, most recently, especially because if they've, if they've shown up on the Cincinnati Reds. We've got George Brett. Oh, that's a Hall of Famer. Reggie Sanders. Cousin of Dion Sanders, Paul O'Neill. There you ah. go, Charles. Hey now, uh, Trevor Hoffman. Hey. Yep, Adam Dunn, who famously never played in a playoff game despite playing in baseball forever, which is I I didn't know that until I read it. Aaron Bleeping Boone, Charles. Man. <laughs> Miguel Rojas of the Marlins. Didi Gregorius. Yeah. Todd Frazier. Yeah. Jay Bruce, who's somehow still playing baseball. Uh, he's like 35 really? now, right? Yeah. Or might be older. He, huh? Was he in he's New York? He's like 35 now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, Joey Votto. Edwin Encarnacion. And Lenny Harris, who is the all-time pinch hit career leader in Major League Baseball history. They play out Daler Park in Billings, Montana, which opened in 2008. Holds about 3,071 people. They share it with the Montana State University Billings. Do you know the name of the college nickname or, or mascot, Andrew? You said Montana Billings? Montana State University Billings. Shit. Uh, hold <laughs> on. I, know Mon I know Montana. Yeah. The Grizzlies. Uh, oh, God. If you don't know, you don't know. Uncle. Uncle? All right. So, um, what is it? They're the Yellow Jackets. Damn it. Yeah. So that's who they share with. And uh, I guess the only notable non baseball thing that happened was. In 2010, Bob Dylan and John Mellencamp came by to do a concert. So there you go. All right. Hey, Cyberpunk 2077 is sponsoring us as well. A game that never comes out. Yeah. Don't it'll never come out. Say December 10th. Yeah. It, You're it not good enough. <laughs> it's never, They're it's, still playing The Witcher 3. They're still trying to render Keanu Reeves right now. So <laughs> that's what's happening. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's uh, the Billings Mustang. So, yeah. Uh, some I like their notable players, all of them recognizable. The very yeah, there's a lot of very good above average players there with mm -hmm. you know one or two Hall of Famers, and then poor Joey Votto who's just not loving life. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, yeah, Joey Votto's going to make the Hall of Fame. He should. He's he's on pace for it. But, uh, yeah, he yeah Joey Votto's he's a really likable player. All right? He's, I mean, he... He'd be pretty. He'd do pretty good in wrestling. All right. He can. He can become a heel whenever he wants. So he can kind of turn on that charm as well. He's good. He'll be Go a better on. Pat McAfee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And he's Canadian, and we love our Canadians. I did not know that Joey Votto was Canadian, eh? Yeah, yeah. Of course he's Canadian. There we are. All right. We have a goon. Oh, dude, I don't even have a goon. I had nothing. I mean, I have one. Ooh, let's do it. It's pretty simple, but for those who need a little backstory, if you're a godly goon, if you're a goon, you ain't a goof. Francisco has a better way of, sort of, of saying it. I just can't say you're kind of a dumbass, for lack of a better word. To mm. be kind of like inherently idiotic with every statement or action that you take. Some of our favorite goons. Calling people out, we're calling you up. And you know who I'm going to call out? I and mean, we've called him out before. We're going to come on again. He's basically going to be an eternal goon. Um, Roger Goodell. <laughs> So explain this to me. Explain uh, this to me, gentlemen. We have it where the guy you know, postponing a game so the Ravens can get Lamar Jackson back into the game. But here, here, but we won't postpone Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. You know, so or a couple of games so Drew Locke can be healthy and then have an opportunity that so you're stuck with KJ Hinton or whatever Hinton to kind of quarterback it out and just like have like one completion of fence the wolves is it because you know it's what denver versus the saints and you already made this assumption that oh you know the saints are going to win the saints have not been really that great this year they've had some hiccups it could have been a competitive game that's like saying hey we're going to put charles in as quarterback never and it's beat also, miami you, never beat miami right you have the hypocritical position because you're so desperate that you're going to push the Ravens and, and uh, Pittsburgh game. And mind you, yes, it is probably going to be a good game. Yes, we are probably all going to want to see it. We're going to want to see Lamar Jackson continue to just be ineffective in year three as a starter and just go to show that sometimes you have that one good year. I don't know if you think being fifth, you know, 15 to 6 with touchdown interception ratios matter. You're 6 and 4. You might not is even it, be the hunt. We'll talk about Fred Rank in a Jackson little bit. Or is it, or oh, is it I, the I, Ravens in general around him? Well, when everybody has the you know the CV, mm. this is how you have to think about Vars. it. The defense has been bad, Vars, because everybody's sick. You're not running the game. You're not doing the run game anymore. And listen, I know you might say, "Hey, Mark Ingram's a little bit old," but J.K. Dobbins was your first or second round draft pick, and then Gus Edwards is doing fine in of itself. So it's not as if you can tell me unequivocally that it's them. It's just they try to put too much pressure on the guy um, to to do something. And clearly, he's not there. He doesn't have the weapons. I feel like I'm doing a mini football segment, so I'll say yeah. that a little bit later. But Goodell, so he'll postpone this game, but he won't postpone, um, you know, the the game which he probably assumes is not going to be sexy and not bring her there. But you have players who are like, listen, we, we don't want to play. You're already setting us up to lose. We have no mercy backups. There's nobody that we can bring on anymore because four of the guys, Jeff Driscoll, Drew Locke, um, Brett Ripien, and uh, Blake Bortles all were just um, – they had to be tested out their COVID policy. So I'm bringing him back to not just the hypocrisy and favoritism, but also you've had eight months to really 
figure it out of what you could have done. And it didn't. And we talked about it. We're like, all right, be the smart guy. And then there's Adam Silver. I got the season back. We're going to talk about this. And then there's, you know, Roger Goodell just eating paste. And you know what, Rod Roger Goodell is both the equivalent of the parent who has a whiny baby who crafts himself at Publix because he can't get the Twizzler, even though he doesn't really need it. And I even twist it the Milky Way. And he's also the child who just pooped themselves and they just realize, hey, I got to tell my mom to crap myself. He had all this time information to go from there. And it didn't work out. He's basically Damien from The Omen, just the devil child for all intents and purposes. Whereas Adam Silver, you're beautiful. You're Marsha Brady. Hopefully you don't break your nose this season. You did everything to get LeBron his, his championship, and we're proud of you because this guy... Gets his season basically for all intents and purposes canceled, and then is able to come like, hey, we're reconvening, we're gonna have the bubble, and now, but now, Roger goes like, we're contemplating doing a playoff bubble. We'll see what happens. Like, I wouldn't trust that man. You know, Roger Goodell is just the guy where if you expect him to do more than the minimum effort, you're not gonna get it. And God forbid, because here's the thing. You're looking, it was almost like every Ravens had it. It was like being on an FSU uh, <laughs> athletic uh, sport with the jock itch. Everybody had the CV. It seemed like it, even, you know, Lamar Jackson had it. And here's the thing I don't get. Why postpone, keep postponing these games to the Ravens when Lamar was obviously not going to be ready for this game anyway? What, you don't want to give uh, RG3 a chance? Or do you think it's just going to be such a high thing? And, Money's probably tight. That's the logic, sure. But it's it's just immature. It really just makes me feel like the the players got chipped out of their next CBA bargaining when they did this right before the CB kind of kicked in because now they have this guy that they have to basically all intents and purposes answer to for the signs of incompetence. It's kind of almost like having a certain presence still in the office. But, hey, we've changed that, right? Um, all that being said... He's my goon. You had ample time to make a better plan. You do not make a better plan. You're the guy that says, what you want to eat? I don't know, food. What are you going to feed me? So, yeah, Roger Goodell. Got lead goon. All right. Yeah, I like it. I, I agree uh, wholeheartedly. Let's... All right, so we're at the halfway point, guys. So it is time for a word from our non-sponsors, people. Places, things, concepts, what have you, that we've been enjoying over the last week. Who wants to start this week? Uh, I'll go ahead and get started. Which which one I want? Um, I'm going to start it off with Tenement Publishing, uh, and in collaboration with the Tampa Bay Times, which I still can't get used to calling them that. They, I grew up with them being the St. Petersburg Times, the St. Pete Times. They released a book. Uh, in, the two of them in, collaborated on a book called Thunderstruck, the Tampa Bay Lightning's 2020 Stanley Cup Championship Season. It is a 100-page book with a bunch of high-quality pictures, discussions of the Lightning's run to the 2020 Stanley Cup. Uh, Pediment uh, makes a lot of books. They're kind of a clearinghouse, if you will, for places like the Tampa Bay Times to release their books. Uh, they've done a lot of, of books. Not that they've done one for UCS National Championship in 2017. Uh, they did one for the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers 2020 World Series. They've worked us with. Uh, they've worked with a lot of companies. They've worked with the Seattle Times, University of Montana. 
uh, Hartford Corinth, uh, the Oregonian, and so on and so on. So they release a lot of these books. They are made out of high quality, oh, Boca Raton Historical Society and Museum. So they work, they publish a lot of these high quality books, uh, high quality pages. Uh, I think the, what did they call it? It was 80, 80 pound archival stock. I don't know what the hell that means, but it's a collector's edition. It's supposedly high quality and not meant to yellow for a long time. I had to get it. Um, you know, you don't, you never know if the Lightning are going to win another Stanley Cup. Uh, I've been waiting for this for a long, long time. So, as I told you guys, I'm going ham with my merchandise purchasing, and this is just the latest edition. So, thank you to Pediment uh, Publishing and the Tampa Bay Times. I just got it in the mail today. So I am looking forward to cracking open that book and seeing what is inside. I look forward to be pleasant, pleasantly surprised. Promo code Thunderstruck. Mm, very good. Very good. Yeah, this, these, this is going to be great. Nice to have on your mantle, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, boys, I guess I'll go next. So... Uh, you know, leading me down that rabbit hole. You know, I, I you know, I, I use this software all the time, and the fact that it's free and it's available to everybody is in and of itself amazing. Uh, people who made this are the real MVPs. Uh, I'm gonna call to Open Broadcaster Software, OBS for short. So this is the program that we use here at Sports Goofs to broadcast to the world and show how incompetent we really are in front of the entire world. Buy our merch, by the way, everybody. <laughs> Anyways, open broadcast software. It is very simple to use, at least for me. Uh, it's, there's, there's the layout right here, the default layout. Of course, I've moved some things around and have added some some plugins to help me out with all of uh broadcast things I've, i have my main channel uh, fgogr i've got sports goose and i've got uh, marlin's history as a third one so that's uh that's what you got it, it allows me to show off everything you see in front of you right here including uh cyberpunk 2077 all right uh, maybe maybe one day i'll buy that game who knows? Who knows? Maybe one day I will. I probably won't, but maybe I will one day. All right, get get it if you can. If you have an Xbox Series X, you know, go and go and uh, try and find one. All right, you might have to do a, a few untoward things. Might have to visit that guy that Andrew found on Craigslist and do some, <laughs> <laughs> you know, get get some of those fire thighs going. But uh. Was it was that the was that the code for last time? I'm not even sure. I believe it was. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's that's obviously going to be a future T-shirt, by the way. <laughs> so I kind of can we just get like superimpose Andrew's face and just have it be fire thighs, but get you where you're smiling, <laughs> please. Yeah, okay. Because that that is that is meme material. That is t I would buy three of those shirts for myself. <laughs> 
And when I get to go back to the gym, everybody's like, what the hell? I was like, you don't know this guy. He's the best guy ever. <laughs> cool. So OBS is great. I mean, you've got all these features. You can preview things. You, I mean, I can work the audio. I can work the visuals. I can have the layouts and the things going and gaming and webcam and all this other jazz. It has. They added a new virtual camera feature. So if you're on a Zoom call, all right, or a Zoom conference, and you don't want people seeing your face, yeah, just put on your 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 gameplay in the background. It's like, oh, th sir, we are in school. <laughs> Sorry, I have to collect another golden banana in Donkey Kong 64. Uh, so that that's it's great. Um, and look, create professional productions. I'm there's nothing here that that um, that feels like it's missing for me. The fact that this is uh, open source and people are constantly working on it and making it better is a godsend. Yeah, there's there's plenty of other things out there that you can pay for and all that all that jazz, but really, you don't have to. It's everything you need is right here. Everything you need right is right here. Everything is working correctly. Even on my uh, prior non-sponsor of my Dell laptop here. Even that was able to run this. Uh, it chugged along the way towards the end, but it was able to run it. So even even the toaster that you guys have out there, if, if you have one, and that's what you use for a computer, that could probably run this and run it pretty pretty swell. So OBS Studios, uh, promo code, not BS. Um, I guess I'm up. And guys, it was kind of hard, so I'm going to be sneaky and kind of pick a two, and one of them's just for... The spirit of the holiday, we just kind of, you know, did, and the other ones just for sometimes you have to give a non-sponsor to an organization and the effort that people take into. So my first, I'll just put it straight up. I the real holiday is not Thanksgiving for Charles. He got his mashed potatoes. He got he got it out. He ain't gonna call back that uh, that mashed potato until you know November twenty something next year. <laughs> Black Friday is what was an event, and Papa was looking at stupid things to buy. And I have been eyeing, eyeing an LG OLED TV, 55-inch, because, of course, a PlayStation 5. I don't have an Xbox Series X. I'm just a guy who has a PS4, a Switch. That's about it. But I look to the future, gentlemen. But it's one of those first times where I looked around my life. I said, all right. What do I actually need instead of what I want? And I went to looking, and I was like, all right, I had an old laptop. My beauty HP, I've been there with me almost eight years, literally on the fringes. I think I sent you guys a photo of her. She's kind of breaking up a little bit. My she going to die. And for work, I have an agency-issued laptop. But you got to think a little ahead of the times. Nothing's guaranteed. All the best, you know, dances have to end at some point when the song is over. What am I going to do? You know, if I am on on the outs, go my own way. Am I going to have a laptop that's literally hanging on edge? And when I say, folks, hang on edge, it, like, it's broken on the side. So I was like, no, I'm going to go get a new laptop. So I, I looked at Best Buy. I looked at this beautiful HP Pavilion X360. I've only used it twice. This is my first go, guys. Because you want to know what's special about this laptop right now? Why do I get HP? It lasts me for almost eight years. That's crazy. That's longer than some cars. You know, but you know why I'm using this? Because if you hear me right now, 
you can hear me more delicately on my Jabra headphones. That was my Pathnot sponsor because this new laptop, guys, forget the fact that touchscreen, it's Bluetooth connected. I don't have to use my gaming headset for it. This Welcome to the 21st century. I'm so shocked. What is this nonsense? <laughs> so Best Buy and HP in conjunction, thank you. It was a good deal. I was like, I, I got a Which one did I you buy... get? I got several different kinds here. Uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to see. I got the HP Pavilion 360. Yeah, that, that one, the one that's 750 it was on sale for 500 Wow. So that's 250 off. And here's the thing about laptops. You really need an i5 or a Ryzen 5, depending which processor you go with. You don't do i3s, especially since you're doing virtual learning. Anybody who's doing all the virtual stuff, Zoom, if you're trying to do backgrounds, it's going to eat up everything, right? Um, but I like the HP for the, net, the brand. It's a little bit smaller than my It's a lot smaller. I think I was pulling out like 15.6 inch of the screen. But, you know, smaller sometimes gets the job done. Trust me. Wink, wink, not joke. No, I'm kidding. Uh, or am I? Um, Are you? I don't know. Leave that up for the debate. I'll ask, I'll ask Fire Size. But it has a lot of cool a pretty And it turns into a tablet, though I don't think I would necessarily use that. But it, it, it's a good way because if I do do my own gig or something like that, I have something new, fresh. I got to download Microsoft Office online to get it going. But um, Best Buy, you had a good deal. Saving two hundred fifty dollars is no joke. I mean, I got the warranty because I was like, I didn't want to. But I remember my first OG laptop did die after like two years. I'm like, ah. But what's the cool bells and whistles? I realized also I was very behind on technology. Here I was coveting a television. I didn't covet a television. So that's kind of like my first non-sponsored promo code, Black Friday. The second one, I'm going to give a shout out to an organization I think that we shamed when the CV started, but it's really to like the workers um, that were there is that I'll give a shout out to GameStop and the two employees that were there because I had to get some games, obviously, for Black Friday. I didn't need a lot. You know, I had already spent X amount of money on this laptop. I didn't need anything else. I've, I've kind of played all the big hits this year, so I didn't need Ghost of Tsushima, and I did not need um, Last of Us 2 already. I purchased those. So I was kind of like on the fence. I'm like, what am I going to get? I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, I had some ideas because Hyrule Age of Calamity was on sale, so I'm like, pish posh, right? Also, side note, the reason why you go with Best Buy is because I have a... I have a membership and I also have my credit card there that I got like 10 years ago so you get points and so that big purchase I made yielded me $40 in gift certificates just saying that's huge to your boy um, but back to GameStop so I was like alright I don't know if I need certain things and I was looking at like one or two things and I, I couldn't sometimes you have to go Black Friday deals at GameStop because they're great deals like buy two get one free on pre-owned stuff and some pre-owned stuff are just ridiculously cheap um, but then you know it's just you, you could try new game. I'll never pay $60 for a game you guys know me I'm cheap as hell but I was like, all right, what I need? So I knew I wanted Star Wars Squadrons. You can crossplay, play for buddies. I haven't installed it yet. And I wanted Yoshi's Crafted World because my Switch library is huge, and that's the next plan of attack. And it was on sale for $26.99. And, Andrew, I know you're not a Switch world, but Francisco can tell you, buying a Switch game on sale is really, like, they're only, like, maybe five bucks off sometimes. So to get it at... Especially if it's made by Nintendo, yeah. And which is Yoshi's is half off. And to get for fifty five percent off, it's such a valid deal. It's great. So I get there and I listen, I'm too old. I'm not going to Black Friday at five AM, you know, when the store opens or seven AM or whatever. I got there like eleven AM. And I'm looking around and I'm saying, Yo, you got this, you got Yoshi's and I'm like, ah, but then have that and then can't find it and the manager's like, I swore I saw it. It's not in the case, but it's not like those little white sleeves they hold people. And, you know, because I trade in two games, I got, because here's the thing, I'm a hustler, so I'm not even paying anything. I just trade in games I knew I was going to play, like some Awakening and Bayonetta 2. 
Bayonetta 3 is coming out eventually. I'll play that. I know everybody's heartbroken. It's a good game. Just give me the third one. And Link's Awakening is a one and done. You know, I'm not. It's two 1990s. It's cute. Love it. It's a solid eight. But two 1990s. I played through the walker. I was texting Francisco on that when I played. I'm like, all right, I'm never gonna play it again. You know, I still have to play Breath of the Wild. Get the hell out of here. But I I waited around because I I bought one and I saw the credits. I'm like looking to amuse myself. See what was there. And then when the whole stuff died down, um, and the crowd was gone, the manager comes in like, I got it. And so she provides me with a little white envelope with the Yoshi's Crafted thing. She's like, I want it. I don't have a case for it, but you want it? I'm like, yeah, I want it. Are you going to accept it when I trade this in about five months? She's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, cool. So I'm just giving the shout out there because, you know, uh, yeah, it's a weird customer service. I know sometimes you guys go into the store and you're just, like, you're not even a face. You're just, like, a fly buzzing around the wall. They actually kind of want a little bit above me out. So my other non-sponsor is GameStop and then promo code, you know, quality service? <laughs> I'm shocked. Yeah. I'm shocked. I can't even get somebody to help me at Walmart if I need something. I but mean, Walmart, you know what you, you have to. You, we all have to remember, GameStop is kind of they're kind of on the ropes right now. They're they're feeling it. The Varus, of course, hit them hard, but they were getting hit hard prior to that, thanks to you know Amazon and and you know all these and even the big box places like Walmart and Target selling video games now. Uh, well, I mean, they've always sold video games, but now, now I guess they're a little more serious about selling them. Best Buy, of course, is always there. And, uh, yeah, you know, malls are dying, and that was kind of where GameStop's bread and butter was always, you know, because you would go to the mall, and then, hey, you know, it's like the one store that you would go to, you know, your your mom's, you know, going off to the, uh, you know, the clothing stores, and then oh, and you get the one stop at GameStop, and you just hang out there, and you look at the games that you can't afford, you know, I, I, n- I never traded in games because I like to keep all my crap. I'm a hoarder with regards to my yeah, video game stuff. You're too sentimental. You're too sentimental, man. You're hey, even if I played it, even if I hated a game, I, I'm like, oh, ah, whatever. It's there. It's part of the collection. Maybe it'll be worth something someday. Who knows? This copy of Epic Mickey 2 has got to go up in value someday. I don't know. That was a horrible <laughs> game. Uh, so, yeah. And look, I mean, there's a lot of deals. I didn't realize this. Look at this, man. You have $40 value here. You got the bundles. You got the 50% off EA games and PS4 and Xbox One games. I mean, this is kind of like the, the good time to get in on this because, you know, with the PS5 and, and Series X coming in, you know, those Xbox One and PS4 games are going to go down in price. So that there's a lot of good games on there. And, of course, a lot of them are going to be backwards compatible. So when you do upgrade, hey, you can... Keep on collecting those and playing through those as well. Do you, you buy, buy pre-owned to get games? To free. Dear Lord, what the hell is this? Sheesh. Yeah. Are you a pre-owned game guy? Do you, uh, do you not count it as a... Um, well, when I used to go to GameStop, now the Switch is basically just like buying it new because it's from Nintendo, most likely. I have. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter <laughs> with, with regards to the price. Or I've been download only, but... Um, with regards to, like, I'm buying more physical games for my Switch, for especially for games that I know that I'm going to play once and then never play again. I can just kind of have it on the shelf somewhere, somewhere else. That's that's kind of what I did with Age of Calamity. Just like, okay, I'm buying it physically. I want to do that for Doom, but whatever. But, yeah, no, this is, um, yeah, I, I never traded in games. I would just keep everything there. But I bought used. If, uh, if it was used, especially uh, the Wii, during the Wii era, Oh man, I bought a ton of GameCube games used. A ton. There were so many good GameCube games out there. The, the backwards compatibility, folks. Right, if you got the new console, buy some of the old stuff. You're gonna love it. That's what I loved about the 3DS. 
and even the DS. I got a bunch of Game Boy Advance games as well. So it's, it's a shame for Nintendo. They always switch out stuff so you can't be backwards compatible. Why? Why not? Ah, that's a, that's an aside. But yeah, GameStop, man, go go. I mean, they're gonna find a way to try and survive. They might have some really good deals. So be on the lookout, folks, if you're a video game player. If this might be the best time to be into video games ever, really. When you think about it, just how many deals are out there for so many consoles? I mean, this was like the year. Uh, I guess thanks to the virus. Uh, but you know, of course, uh, donate to the fund so you can we can beat the virus. But people kind of regain their love for video games. Uh, Andrew, you bought you. I don't know. You had an Xbox, but you started buying original Xbox games again, right? Correct. Like you got right back into it. You're like, hey, let's let's it let's uh, scratch that nostalgia itch mm-hmm. and go back in time and play some of these games. And it's like, well, these games were. I mean that PS4 or the PS2, Xbox, GameCube era. There's a lot of solid games on there still mm-hmm. that have not been re-released, and it's like, man, this is, this is this might be the golden age of gaming. I don't know, but for and there's something to be said, even if the game is re-released, there's something to be said about the original graphics. Yes. Um, like for instance, I'm doing another. I'm doing, or I finished a playthrough of the original Halo, and mm. now I'm on to Halo Two. Dun, dun, and dun, they've dun. remastered the graphics, but it, it. I mean, admittedly, it's nice to have the nice graphics and all that jazz, but you kind of lose something with those old graphics, and they they're not able to replicate it perfectly. Mm-hmm. So. I, I don't know how to describe it. I, th- I think you guys well, uh, understand what I'm talking about. Because I, I, I saw, there was a video I saw of like a review of the, the Master Chief collection. Mm-hmm. And they were like, like they like playing it with the old graphics set settings on. Because that was kind of the way it was meant to be seen. Right. And it, it was... Uh, it was something that, like, because they had to make it in a certain way and, you know, with certain colors and things like that to mask, you know, that it was on a, at best, like a three, like standard definition and stuff like that, four by three. So um, that's why a lot of people do collect the originals because they like playing it as intended. Right. But. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I mean, you try to go through some games that have a very stuck. Uh, go play an old Resident Evil and then play like the new Resident oh, Evil. Oh no! Yeah, there's some games that. Well, the the N64 Dream, uh, N64 Saturn and PlayStation One era games. Basically, everything in that generation needs to be remade. Needs to be remade. Even Mario 64. Which did get a remake, yeah. and that one was even better. I think I like the DS version better than the original version, to be honest. And you played through it just recently, Charles. There's Charles a, recently just you know, did. Mario did. handles pretty well, but uh, the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and then you go up to Mario Sunshine, and it's like, okay, this is, I can work with this, right? So, yeah, that that era needs to be remade completely. I'm glad they, you know, they remade Final Fantasy VII now. Yeah, Resident Evil, they remade Zelda, Majora's Mask, and Ocarina of Time with 3DS, and stuff like that. There's more. There's more gen. Panzer Dragoon got a remake that just released. 
Um, so that's a Saturn game that, that needed a re-release badly. I think Knights got re-released. So there's a lot of stuff being re-released and being remastered uh, or remade completely from the ground up That from that era. Crash Bandicoot, that got, you know, the trilogy got Spyro. remade. Spyro, yeah, Spyro. So we're going to get there. We're going to get there where all of those games will be available. I'm hoping Donkey Kong 64 one day. Like that game seriously needs a remake to kind of streamline it and just make it better. But who knows? All right, so that's a tangent. We we went long on this non-sponsor, but hey, it's it's the season four finale. We can go long if we want to. Doesn't matter. Let's go. Let's let's head on over, guys. So, so football happened. Shall we do college or shall we do the pros? Yeah, we'll start with the pros. All right, All right. Go pros. Uh, All right. Let me see if I think Freddie sent over Fred Rank. All right, so. NFL week 12 happened. How how are you guys doing with the fantasy? Always the fantasy. You guys. To start. <laughs> no, I sign, know. no sign today, Charles? I, I want to know why is it every time I change my team's name <laughs> that I end up going on this ridiculous win streak because I went from being dead in the water in the water to be like, I'm going to be in like third place because part of it is just, you know, um, the consequences of being in an eight man league where any of the six go in there, the first two get advice, but I have scored, I have, I scored 191 points. I have once again, the most points out of the league. So it's just like, what is this? And that's with not having Ty Gurley randomly out of nowhere. That's not having, um, What's his name? Um, DeAndre Swift out again because a lot of things. It, it's just beauty has happened. So I'm going to give you a new thing of guys who can get kissed on the lips for excellent performances. Mm. It's my shout-outs. First off, Dave Montgomery. You want to kiss on the lips. You get it. You have <laughs> that's that's going like, to be a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, you have been average, not really separate your case, but you got me 26 points, even though I was already winning. And granted, my opponent didn't have Adam Thielen because of it, but, you know, because he was on the reserve list. But that's not my problem, right? That's his problem. But, you know, I still, even though I was already blowing the guy out, because I'm winning, like, 191 to, like, 122. We have Deontay Johnson to play, and that's it. He's not going to score 60 points, right? Right, Freddie? Um, you get a kiss on lips. Other people get a kiss on lips. Justin Jefferson, you get big vessels, be- baby, because you were already kind of doing a little bit last week. You've had those performances. You're kind of like the best rookie, uh, rookie wide receiver that's kicking in. You got me 26 points coming in. You helped solidify a lead. Um, I got to tell you, even though I said he doesn't get vessels last week because he is expected of him, Deshaun Watson gets some kisses. Huh. He, he gets some he, – he, he gives me some – I give him some white chocolate kisses. He gives me chocolate kisses because that guy put up like 40 points. It, it was ridiculous. It was just an absolute – Assault against the uh, Detroit Lions, and I love him so much with my heart. He got me 44 points, and of course, Bessos going to a certain man who also has a certain stat count. Boys, you know the Henry Handy. Mm. We're at three now. I think mm-hmm. I quoted it to and and counting because it's winter, and he is King Winter up in here. You might as well call him Derek Stark because winter is coming, and so might I be if he's <laughs> his performances because he got me. 38 points. The guy had three rushing touchdowns, like 170 yards. Derrick Henry, you, you get kisses, boo. You get kisses. It's not even debatable. So that's where I'm at. I'm going to be at 500. Our season finale is next week, and then it's playoffs. If I win, I'm 7-6, and 
I'm just amused, boys, because three weeks ago I was like a little sad child who found out that Christmas was canceled. And now I'm like, ah, Santa's coming to town, boys. Uh, well, I can't say for 100% that I've won or lost because one of my players is playing in the reschedule, the rescheduled reschedule. Oh. Um, I have Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, but I'm currently in the lead by, I think, seven points. Um, so barring a negative seven-point game from Juju, uh, I will win. Um, that would make six-game winning streak. And that would put me in... I'm already in first in my division, but that would put me in... It would increase my lead as the number one team in the whole league. Okay. Yeah. Nice. All right, some notable games. I saw... The Chiefs and Buccaneers game. It looked like the Chiefs were about to blow out Tampa Bay there once the uh, third quarter uh, was over. But then uh, our, our good old buddy Tom Brady was able to try and stage a comeback. Unfortunately, Tampa Bay just couldn't uh, stop Kansas City towards the end. They got a first down with about like, I don't know, like a minute and a half to go. And it was over from there. And they just kind of kneeled it at the end. But it was a surprisingly good game. Uh, uh, the Buccaneers, I don't know, man. They're very Jekyll and Hyde to me so far this season. I don't know. I guess maybe it's still a chemistry thing with you know Tom Brady and a new team and trying to work things out. But when they're on, they're on. They see, it seems like they can find a way to get points quickly but then when they're off they are really off but it's really hard it's it's hard to stop i mean the defense was struggling to try and stop kansas city um just that that first quarter alone was really bad for them so uh but it was it was surprisingly good game i liked it uh the very close towards the end it could have you know one, one or two more breaks for tampa bay they could have at least tied that game and gone in overtime and uh, was it? I think uh, I think it's I think it's two and two between between Mahomes and Brady in their head-to-head matchups. So, but yeah, we all know we all know Mahomes has taken the crown, or has already taken it for now. So uh, that's the defending champions there. The Dolphins. Huh? Uh, the Dolphins won, but did they really? You just don't want them to win. I do want them to win, but it, they just find ways to to kind of make me not believe in them. I don't know. It, it just it doesn't feel right. And maybe it's the fact that Tua didn't play and, uh, you know, he's got some sort of finger injury. You know, that's not going to be a problem in the future. You know, it's not <laughs> like Tua's always breaking down for whatever reason. Anyways, Fitzpatrick... Yeah, Chan Gailey's now, you know, people are calling for his head now. Eh, all right. We're 7-4. We, I guess by default, beat the Jets because it was only 20-3. It was it was pretty ugly for the most part. Uh, Adam Gase still has a job, so it's a Christmas miracle for him, 
<laughs> but I mean, we all know the Jets have the eye on the prize. That that's all that this is for. Yeah, we all know that they want Trevor Lawrence, and I can't see Trevor Lawrence denying going to New York. That's a huge market. He's gonna make a ton of money. Why not? So yeah, Dolphins. All right. Um, your Tennessee Titans, Charles. Oof. Taking first place. Just just taking Oof. it from the Colts. It's like this ain't just like not even like this is ours right here. Well, you know the big knock on the win. If there was a knock on the win was um, the fact that DeForest Buckner was not there to play defense, which is true, but that doesn't mean that there should have been 170 yards lifted up. He's one man. Exactly. That doesn't mean there should have been 170 yards lifted up on offense, you know, against your run game, and then, you know, Phillip Rivers could do anything. Or A.J. Brown getting that ridiculous onside uh, touchdown. Mm. I don't know if you guys saw that. You know, he's just kind of showing, hey, there's some good rewards there. Or Ryan Tannehill just kind of being around and just not throwing the ball over. We play boring, fundamental football. I will ride with boring, fundamental football for as long as I can because we know we're not going to get in first place. We know we're not going to get that by. As long as we play smart and guaranteed a playoff, because I'm going to tell you right now, for me, the way that they've done uh, the playoff seating is now just reminds so much of basketball where it doesn't matter. You know, at that sense, yeah, but you get anything's out of home field. There's no home field advantage this season. Everything's what you got to get. Let's just do it. So give me third seed or fourth seed. I just want to make the playoffs because mm-hmm. here's the problem. Coming from the AFC, which you guys got to understand, if we kind of screw the pooch a little bit, being nine and seven may not yield us um, yeah. a playoff. The, the AFC is pretty, I mean, that. yeah, it's, it's more... And this is why this is kind of one of the things about the that's concerning about the Ravens. Like it seems like they were kind of coasting a little bit. Yeah, we're gonna make the playoffs. It's yeah, but no, no. There's there's more competition this year. All right, you got Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Those are our top dogs, as we know. But Tennessee doing their thing. Buffalo, they haven't fallen apart. They're doing their thing. Hang on to that. Uh, then they beat the Chargers, so that's not much of an accomplishment. But still, they're up there. They're they're winning the games they should. Cleveland Browns, eight three. The Dolphins, somehow, some they're gonna make the playoffs. I, 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 I believe Freddie on that. All right, and I'll be happy about it. But just, just let's let's at least have some hope, guys. Come on now, come on. Right, we'll ride with Chan Gailey for now. But uh, we need an offense that's tailored to Tua whenever he gets healthy. He should be back next week. I would hope. Uh, I think we face the Chiefs in like two weeks or something like that. So I'm hoping they win their next game and just be like, okay, they get that out of the way. The Colts, they're hanging in. They're there. All right. And the Ravens are six and four, and they could very much lose this game to the Steelers. And suddenly they're six and five. So they could be in trouble. The Vegas Raiders, they're not, they're, they haven't gone away. They're, they're finding ways to kind of hang in there. They're hanging in there for sure. But they're there. They're not going to go away. All right. There's, there's competition here. All right. The the New England Patriots are climbing their way back to 500, and I don't I I don't want them to make the playoffs. But <laughs> they might. They just it's might. All possibility. It's all possibility. So 
So the, those are those are the teams. That are, the rest is Denver and Houston, whatever the trash teams. We we're not going to be concerned ourselves with that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, AFC is pretty pretty stacked for the most part with competition. That's that's the issue there. The NFC though, it's a little different. The New York Giants, I'm rooting for them now. That's like that's my NFC team going forward from from here. All right, just the, the tank division that's happening, but the fact that they could win that division with uh, I mean, what would I forgot what Freddie had as their 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 like six and ten would win the division? It might, it just might. <laughs> they just keep winning, but they lose Daniel Jones, so they purposely know they can win the division and be five and eleven. Yeah. That's the dream. That's what we're hoping here. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have a high draft pick. Wait, how does that work? If they win the division, would they? Would they, they still win? get the draft pick? Is this order of um of record? Actually, no, because the further you go into playoffs, I yeah, think that that's what I'm saying. Like so they would be. You could have the you could have the same record to a degree as the people that are tying out in your division, as like Washington, and then have a higher birth draft pick. That's like the ultimate fu. Yeah, exactly. That's how they game the system. Yeah, so. That might be the unfortunate thing about winning that division for any of those teams is, oh, uh, we have a crappy draft position. Got the L.A. Rams, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Arizona Cardinals, and then the Minnesota Vikings are doing their thing, trying to storm back to 500 on the back of Cook. So there you oh, go. Oh, can I – I want to add uh, a bit of historic context here. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, as far as I know, there's only been one team to win a division that finished below 500. And that was the 2011 Seattle Seahawks, mm-hmm. who finished yeah, the regular right. season 7-9. Right. and nine. That's And they, they won a playoff the game. They did. That's when Beast Mode was created. Yep. There is the possibility if the Giants or football team loses three more games, lose three more games and still win the Panthers did it in 14. How bad was that? Oh, I think they 7-8-1, if I remember correctly. Right, Freddie? Yeah, something like that. That's right. The whole NFC stuff was bad because I think I think the Saints were like 7-9 or 6-10. Yes, indeed. He's confirming it. Mm -hmm. Good to know my brain cells are still there, guys. If... If the whoever wins the division, which right now it's a neck and neck race between the Giants football team and Eagles, although Cowboys are pretty close behind as well. If yeah. one of if one of the if if they all lose ten games, which the Cowboys are three and eight, so they just have to lose two more. Uh the Giants football team and Eagles all have to lose three more. They will officially set the record for the worst team record-wise to win their division. And wouldn't that just be a nice thing to go out on for 2020? I think that would be would. incredible. <laughs> I think it would. The Cowboys don't make the playoffs too. That's another icing on the cake. All right, so uh, as far as any other notable games, guys, that you guys saw or want to mention? Nah. Nah? All right. So, all right, so that's uh, NFL talk. We'll head on over to college now. 
college. We already briefly talked about the Vanderbilt game where they got destroyed uh, by Mizzou. Oh, it says uh, no Fred rank today, but I still have six and ten Giants taking the division. All right. So, All right. Let me pull up my notes here. On over to college football. The uh, Fred rank ranking. Uh, Fred rank mm. rating for college football is. Pulling it up here. Alabama, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Clemson, Cincinnati, Florida, Texas A&M, BYU, Georgia, Miami, Florida, Indiana, Marshall, Oklahoma, Iowa State, Northwestern, Coastal Carolina, host of this week's college game day, the first time they're heading over to Conway, South Carolina, uh, Oklahoma's home of the green turf, or the uh, teal turf, the Chanticleers, mm-hmm. uh, Oklahoma okay. State. Oregon, fresh off their last-second upset by uh, Oregon State, the other side of the rivalry formerly known as the Civil War and the Platypus Trophy, USC, Washington, Wisconsin, the Golden Hurricane of Tulsa, Louisiana, Boise State, Iowa, Colorado, Buffalo. What a surprise out of Buffalo, New York. I'll get to that one in a second. Indeed. North Carolina State, San Jose State, and then bringing up the rear is Texas. So, so Buffalo. That from history was made yeah, exactly. this weekend. Uh, Buffalo, the Bulls, not to be confused with the Bills, uh, made it was in, it was insanity. I will I'll tell you what they beat the snot out of the Kent State. Flash, and in particular, want to pull up his name, Jarrett Motherfucking Patterson. Yes, indeed. That that's right. He tied the college football record with eight. Count them. Eight. Not one. Not two. Not three. Not four. Not five. Not six. Not seven. Eight rushing touchdowns. The dude scored. Uh, I don't know what. Well, unfortunately, I know it only as fifty-six, but that's including the extra points. But so fifty points, I think, if my math is correct, the guy scored fifty points on his own. Unfucking believable. Unreal. Unreal. And I, I get that people are going to say, oh, well, it was against Kent State. Oh, and by the way, they the Bulls merely scored 70 points. So they scored another 20 points without him. People are always saying, oh, he was playing against. <laughs> people are always going to find a way to poo-poo on any accomplishment ever. Right. And it's like, and look, anyone will fully admit that Playing Kent State is not going to be the same as playing Alabama. Uh, anyone who says otherwise is not looking at reality correctly. But this is still, they are still an FBS program. These are the best of the best high school players. These, these are the best of the best college players. And Kent State was undefeated. Good point. Very good point. So, to put up 70 points on a team is insanity, for one. Uh, 
And then for one guy to score eight touchdowns, it's insanity. And they are very deservedly so ranked this week in the AP poll has them ranked. Let's see. Pulling up ESPN right now. Uh, no, they're not ranked. Son of a bitch. That's unfortunate. Um, they should be ranked. Oh, wait. Hold on. No, they're not ranked, which is quite unfortunate. It's the RCFB poll that has them at 25, yeah. Which, I'll be honest, I think the RCFB poll is... The most accurate. The, the most accurate human-based poll... Uh, nothing against Fred Rank, but it's a it's a hybrid of human. I think it's the most comprehensive because you've got a mix of people just doing it by their own eye test. You have people that are relying solely on computer. You have people like me who are using a mix of computer, human poll, and then my own. Uh, adjustments and you have hundreds of people doing it instead of at best uh, 60 or so for the coaches poll so I think in terms of comprehensiveness it's probably the best one and it's actually taken into account by a major poll selector they list the RCFB poll in their ranking they use it in their analysis, uh, which I think is is a is good. I think that's a, a good thing of them to do, and it's really cool. Uh, thank you, Freddie, for bringing that up. I totally forgot. Um, he, he we chat uh, behind the scenes. He's sending me his Fred rank stuff, and he reminded me Syracuse's quarterback. Cost them the game. Oh yes, I saw this too. against NC State because oh my god, that, oh that that poor oh. man. This this has happened before. It has happened before, but I can't recall the last time I've seen it happen at this the is, end of the game. This is J.R. Smith in Game One of the the twenty was it whatever eighteen NBA Finals whatever the last one with the the Warriors and the Cavs. So. <laughs> Charles, what happened was Syracuse was pushing down the field, scores 36-29. They have no timeouts remaining. Uh, They are within their 20-yard line. Uh, Since no timeouts, they, uh, well, they got to just run the ball quick. Problem. It's fourth down. (laughs) What do you usually do when you're running out of time? and you need to stop the clock, but you don't want to, I don't know, and you have no timeouts. What do you usually do in that situation? We spike the ball, kids. Correct. What is the la- What is the one down that you do not want to spike the ball on? You don't spike the ball on fourth down, kids. Correct. He spiked the ball on fourth down. Oh, buddy. <laughs> Oh, there, buddy. there, there are um, there are Syracuse alums out there who their 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 degrees, whatever. If it was a uh, you know bachelor's, if it's a postgraduate degree, all of it just dipped in value after that. 
the the first time I remember seeing that happen, but it it wasn't it wasn't in the at the end of the fourth quarter though, and it wasn't with a game on the line like that. It happened a few years ago when UCF was playing Tulane. It was 2014. Um, Tulane's quarterback at the time was one of Joe Montana's sons. Although, fun fact, uh, one another one of Joe Montana's sons played for Montana at hmm. one point. Uh, very fitting. Anyway, um, but he clocked the ball on fourth down as well, and everyone laughed at him. But I think this one takes the cake. Uh, you've got one shot at the at the goal, and you clocked it. So... Poor dude, uh, did oh, not man. did not have uh, good awareness, time awareness, uh, like you mentioned, uh, a la J.R. Smith. Um, and I'll just briefly go over some of the big headlines for the week. Um, as I mentioned, College Game Day is going to Conway, South Carolina, to watch number eighteen Coastal Carolina take on the Liberty Flames starting at 2 p.m. on ESPNU. Um, some big matchups coming up this week. Number four, Ohio State playing at Michigan State. Uh, number five, Texas A&M at Auburn. Number 15, Oklahoma State. Na, 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 na. FIU, which is still winless, and I'm assuming Freddie has them at like 125 or something at this point. I think they're 0-5. Uh, it's heading over to Charlotte, North Carolina to take on the 49ers, 12 o'clock on ESPN3. The Emus, I, I lovingly call Eastern Michigan University the Emus, even though their mascot is actually the Eagles, um, taking on rival Western Michigan. Florida, Tennessee, that's, that's always fun, even if Florida, number six Florida, is going to beat the living daylights out of Tennessee. Uh... Another ranked matchup over in the Big Ten. We've got number 12, Indiana, number 16, Wisconsin, at Camp Randall Stadium. Jump around, everybody. Uh, number 24, Tulsa, is taking on Navy. Uh, let's see how far they get up in the polls. I think they're ranked 22nd right now in the RCFD poll. Um, Buffalo at Ohio. Let's see if they can repeat their performance. Sadly, there's not going to be a Hawaii test. Uh, just for quick reference, the Hawaii test, Hawaii usually, since they're like forever behind mm -hmm. us in time zones, mm -hmm. um, they usually start their games whatever time is good for them, but that usually works out to about midnight Eastern. So the Hawaii test, quote-unquote, is being able to stay up to the end of the Hawaii game. Unfortunately, this one is starting nearly at 4 o'clock Eastern, so no Hawaii test this week. Uh, UCF is off. Their season is done, unless uh, their regular season is done, I should say, um, with their win over South Florida, which was a bit disappointing. I mean, we beat the living daylights out of them. 50, uh, we put up 56 on them, and we probably could have scored more. Uh, our offense just kind of went stagnant a little bit, but we did give up 46 points to them. Or No, we had 58, they had 46. Uh, but still, giving up 46 to 
South Florida is not a good look. Freddie, they weren't disappointing. They were eye-gougingly bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you want to pull those up there, uh, Francisco, here's a fun one. Alabama, number one Alabama at LSU going over to Death Valley. That one is fun because it is a college football belt matchup. Uh, I'll briefly go into it, but someone was able to trace ah, the lineage yes. of the college football belt all the way back to the first. Uh, I do remember what he was talking about, the college football belt, and it's basically like kind of like a boxing. You, you kind of it goes from whoever to whoever, bit by bit. So. Uh, I guess starting with the first game at Rutgers, and then whoever won that game would have the belt, and then whoever defeated them, uh, the next game would have the belt, and then let's say Miami defeated them, then Miami would have the belt, and then UTEP beats them, then UTEP would have the belt, and so on and so forth, and you go through all the you know 100-plus year history of college football to eventually get to whoever owns the belt as of now. So that's what I remember from our conversation about it in the past listen the, the no suck i've stopped paying attention to the college football season for the most part i have no dog in the fight anymore as long as the gators do not win that's, yeah and it hasn't been really that interesting of college football to even care about because rivalries have kind of been affected by cv and then divorce and then more importantly is just i'm just very disinterested I know for a fact that they're going to want to focus on silly things such as, um, you know, who am I going to play now? Ohio State, stuff like that. This is just basically a pass in. Um, Can you guys hear college me? College football for me? Hey, yes. what's up, Andrew? So I already explained what the college football belt was in okay. our downtime there. So who has it right now? Bama. Oh, uh, that's boring. Well, if, if here's the the lineage for this season because it's been kind of a uh, per usual kind of a, an SEC it, it, generally, it generally just kind of sticks around in the same conference the whole time but LSU won, uh, had the belt at the start of the year because they defeated Clemson in the national championship um, and yes Freddie we did see the fourth down spike I mean we I, I posted it on the show just now and of course the podcast listeners can't see it but uh, Andrew uh, described it pretty well when we did see it and it is funny <laughs> it's hilarious so yeah we'll see if Alabama can retain which they probably will because LSU sold their soul to get a national championship last year with Joe Burrow uh, but now they and the suck. The Bengals ruined them. Yes. So they just like Houston. Well, except they these guys didn't cheat. Houston did, but you you get my point. Right. Using black magic constitute as cheating because that's why I feel like they use some of the Bayou magic for LSU. It's possible. I mean, they went down. I granted everybody left. Essentially, That's true. yeah, so they're, they're like five or six of those guys get drafted in the first round or something. But is it like the whole kid is great programs will, of course, have the replacements ready on recruitment, so that's why I find it kind of baffling. Um, versus everything else, yeah, all right. So, is that it for college football? Uh, yeah, for the most part, I mean, there's always headlines that you can 
fine. There are always headlines. Where? Uh, games continue to get canceled. Uh, conference championship is are starting to come into view a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Notre Dame, in their first and probably only season in the ACC, have clinched a spot in the uh, conference championship. So they'll be much, Charlotte. Much to much to the chagrin of everybody, because they kind of took it. They took advantage out of this of this year to do the one thing that everyone wished that they would do, which is join a freaking conference. Um, but they it'll be fun. We'll see if they can take down Clemson, right? Sorry, Freddie. I know you're a fan, but I just I gotta say my if they beat Clemson, I'm all for it. I'll be good, for real. All right, Dabble oh, I will be. Good. Don't get me wrong. It's just I wish that they would join a freaking conference. Yeah. But that's that's a discussion for another day because that'll take forever. Okay, so and I guess uh, this other thing here, just to announce, we're gonna have a college football bowl extravaganza in a couple weeks once the the bowl games are announced and whatnot. We will we'll know who's going where and. All that jazz, and me and Andrew will sit down and and go through every single one of them, every single bowl game, the most from the smallest of cities to the ones that you feel are the most insignificant. All right, everybody. <laughs> all right, so we're we're. But there's no get, sun bowl, so what's yeah, the point of living, right? The Axe Body Spray Bowl, whatever bowl is out there, we're gonna make up. I have no idea. But uh, or hey, the sports goose ball. Why not? We got our merch now. Go ahead and buy it. There's there's a there's a lovely bundle right now. You get a hoodie that has the ugly Christmas sweater look to it, or and you get a mug that has the ugly Christmas sweater design on it, and it says "Goof Tidings to you." So there you go. Nice, I like it. So if you, if you want to get that for a very confused relative in the future. Go ahead. Side note, you have to trademark. Uh, we wish you a very goofy Christmas. <laughs> yes. You got to do it now because uh, in a year like, from now, there's going to be somebody copycatting. I feel like Disney might have an issue with that. <laughs> they, they, no, Goofy is... No, no, no. I'm not using Goofy's face. I, I'm sick of them trying to own everything. What are they going to do you imagine now? Us like, going oh, hey. to, imagine us going to court and, and against Disney and we win in a kind of trademark claim. Goofy is technically a word that everybody can use. You can't just trademark the entire thing. Like, and, right. and you know what we would do? You know what we do as a big F you to them? We would redo the three caballeros and you, me, and Andrew would dress in the entire time. And then when I get Epcot and I buy Epcot, you're going to have me being Pancha and I'm going to be in my attire too. You know what I'm going to say right now? Suck it, Disney. You, you, know, you ruined Star Wars. Take that. You're going to ruin Spider-Man. Ooh, boy. Oh, man. Someone loved Toby. Come at me and Man, Charles coming out with guns blazing. Mm-hmm. Don't come at. I'm Walter White. Stay off my territory. We own the word goofy. All right, goof world order. Oh, get boy. on this. <laughs> okay. Well, keep that energy, Charles, because this is the last cage of 2020. Oof. Here we Oof. go. So we get to the Royal Rumble cage. So we in it? We ready? We good? Mm. Let's do this. Welcome, everybody, your weekly Trueplex, the last weekly Trueplex. I should put that disclaimer out there as is, because you know what? Unlike Vince and Kenny McMahon, we take some time off. Granted, you'll you know, you'll know know about what's going on. I might pop in myself to get a little update. You actually retweeted something. College balls. 
I retweeted something, so that tells us something, folks. Follow us on Twitter. Sports Goose at J-O-J-R. Jeffrey Holes, Charles the True. Brandon stuff, Freddy stuff, BU stuff. List it all out there because if you want to know how cool we are, follow us. Buy our merch, man. Buy our merch. Papa needs a PS5. I need to sell like 500 of those. But bring it all back. Your weekly Truplex the Cage with Charles. Remember, wrestling is not fake. It is scripted. It is a dance. It is a stage fight because, guys, it's getting very brutal out there. So I can't even call it like, you know, ballet anymore. If it's ballet, it's black swanning it because people are going to kind of die. It's you some Jeff Hardy stuff. It is men and women chasing after each other for pure blood sport, the taste of championships, glory, just oh, holy hell out Jeff of each Hardy other. Thing. That is sad. Man. Ooh, it was so bad. It that was is so, well, sad. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. But a few things to kind of address on, you know, bring it into it because it's New Japan, AEW, it's, it's um, NXT, it's a little bit of everything, so I kind of feel like i got to get my place on certain sort of things. So for New Japan... I don't know if we're going to be back in time for Wrestle Kingdom, but Wrestle Kingdom should be soon. But I have to kind of, like, verify with it, because when are we coming back, expectation-wise? Uh, probably first week of January. All right, well, so happens the first week of January is going to be Wrestle Kingdom 15, which is going to be held on January 4th and 5th, 2021. Now, you guys know, I love me a little bit of New Japan. It's not my all-time favorite. Because, you know, I still have this sick desire from the WWE. But um, New Japan, they haven't announced the full card, but that's usually their equivalent on WrestleMania. It's going to be split to two nights again. And what they tell us is night one, it's going to be Tetsuya Naito versus Kota Ibushi. And Tetsuya is going to be defending his two titles, you know, because he has right now the uni- – I'm just going to call it unified, even though they won't call it unified. Um, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and IWGP Intercontinental Championship against Kota Ibushi. And whoever wins goes against Jay White next year – or, I'm sorry, the next day. How did we get here? Because Kota, Charles predicted it, won the G1 Climax. That gets you a guaranteed title shot at the um, – Wrestle Kingdom. But then some screwy, weird booking happened, and Jay White beat Kota, so he got it. He got the title shot instead, and then all of a sudden, Tetsuya Naito, the, you know, we just gotta give this guy an award. I'm not gonna give him kisses, because, you know, we don't know each other like that. I don't have possession to him the way I feel you about people. You already distributed it to your fantasy team. I, yeah, so I, I, it feels wrong. You know, that's how you get mono. Um, but, you know, you get a firm handshake. But, um, then he goes out and says, I will defend against Kota because he beat me in the G1 Climax, and I feel like he owes it. I'm like, that's some lazy booking. So that's one of the only matches confirmed. You know, technically it's two. It's just, you know, same title positions. And the other one is Kazuka Okada versus Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay used to be part of the Chaos Faction with Will, um, with Okada, and then Will betrayed him. Now he made, I think they call it the Dynasty or the Empire with um, Jeff Cobb, who I love, who's up there in age, so, you know. I wish she kind of didn't miss the boat. Ring of Honor didn't do anything right with him. They just gave him TV title. guy should have been a heavyweight champion off the bat. You look at him, the guy's a beast. He looks like he'll beat you down and then drink your beers as he does it. Um, he'll say, this is my beer now. And you're like, okay, sir. And then Great O'Karn, who I don't know enough about, but I know he's supposed to be the heavy. Um, so that's kind of what's going on in New Japan. We know they're might probably going to do the title shots, title offenses. John Moxley, who is the U.S. champion for New Japan, might be defending against Kenta. We'll see. Kenta did win that guaranteed title shot, but, you know, there's kind of the travel restrictions, and AEW and New Japan kind of have some tenuous relations about whether or not they should trade talent or exchange talent. Jericho wants to go back and wrestle. That might be stuff that's announced, and maybe I'll actually stop being a lazy person, at least for the sports group thing, just put an update of, this is what's happened in wrestling, the weekly segments of Charles, but don't put a lot on my plate, guys. I'm lazy. 
don't don't expect it. I'm like Orange casting a pure minimal effort. Um, so that's on them. Yeah, I'm I'm expecting uh, Chingotaki Tagaki. I can't say his name. Um, the never open weight champion to defend it, and then you'll have the tag titles that are defended, the typical kind of things. So we look forward into that. Also, what else people look forward to? Cyberpunk 2077 for the creators of Witcher 3, apparently the greatest game of all time, which I couldn't do because I can't play 200 hours. Nah. Go get that, go pre-order it. I think it's out this I time. thought about it. It's not going to come it out It was on sale on the Switch. I'm like, nope. It's always on sale, and it's super yeah, it's cheap true. because I know I can buy it for like 10 bucks and then get 200 hours of gameplay, but even playing Ghost of Tsushima, which I beat 9 out of 10 for anybody out there, um, it took like 55 plus hours, and I didn't even try to platinum it because I don't care about that. So sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But I just want to get the whole. If you have side stories, I play those side stories. You know, so don't play me out. But 200 hours is too much for a game. And then Cyberpunk's probably going to be the same thing too, and I can't do that. Bring it all back. So a couple things I like: WWE World, because I think we'll end on AEW. We'll end on AEW because actually something big's happening. WWE. This is we got TLC is in December um, later this month. We will not necessarily be on the air, so let me just tell you the few confirmed matches they're doing. Because last night they um, they had a triple threat match between Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, and AJ Styles. Winner of that goes on to face Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. It was a decent triple threat match. It ended way too early, and it ended with AJ Styles going against Drew McIntyre. I have gripes. I have complaints. I do not feel that this is a match that should be set at TLC. I think it's a big four Royal Rumble match. Drew McIntyre won the title back against him from Randy Oregon, yawn, but whatever. Vincent want to make Randy happen because he wants to pull with the Fiend. Okay, fine, whatever. AJ is phenomenal, even though he is a phenomenal AJ Styles, but the guy could make a five-star match out of you, me, and um, Andrew in a handicap match and make us all look great. The guy can put on a show. So can Daniel Bryan. Maybe we'll talk about that, too. But they're going to give us that TLC. TLC is usually your gimmick match. It's tables, ladders, and chairs. There usually involves tables. There usually involves ladders. It usually involves chairs. And when you have a TLC match, which is all three, it typically involves the title hanging up in the air for them to kind of pull down on it. I don't even remember what last year's TLC is because my brain is old. I'm an old man. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Charlotte and Becky going against the Kabiki Warriors as their main event. But what are we doing here? I don't know. Is it going to be something that extends to? Raw has some main event questions, but there's some main event talent. Are they going to pull the trigger later on the line and have it be Sheamus versus Drew? And they know each other. They're boys. Are you going to do that old classic betrayal? I'm interested. Let's go from that. But that's one of the matches they got going on. That was fine. They might do the United States Championship. Bobby Lashley, he might go against Keith Lee. He might go against Matt Rule. I don't know. Interested. Maybe. It could be a good match. I just need that belt off of Bobby Lashley. Because Bobby is kind of like a tweener of a mid-card champion and just a gateway main event guy. You look at him physique-wise, he'll look like he'll beat the hell out of you. So is Keith Lee. Keith Lee is kind of like, he looks like he'll donate an extra dollar. You know how you go to CBS or Walgreens, like, would you like to donate whatever? He'll be like, I'll give $2 instead of $1. But then if you piss him off, I'm sure he'll just rip your freaking head off um, going from there. They probably will do Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton, but who knows? I don't know what they're doing with uh, Daniel Bryan. There's other stuff that's coming into it, but they don't have the full card set out. The other matches they're contemplating, and what I am all in on, and I, you know, what people don't know behind the scenes, I am trying to educate the boys here to join the Goof World Order when it comes to wrestling, and I'll send like the weekly segments or some things that have happened that I think should be attended to, but 
last week on SmackDown, they're trying to figure out who is Roman Reigns' you know competitor, who's going to be his his uh his guy, his next few that he's going to go against. I thought it was going to go Daniel Bryan, but I think they're going to probably push that to Raw. I'm sorry, not Raw, but to Raw Rumble. But it's going to be Kevin Owens. So what did Kevin Owens do to basically put the target on his back? He's basically saying, Roman Reigns, no one respects you. I fear no one. And by the way, I'm going to beat the hell out of your cousin. This is your family. You're not going to come help your family. And I absolutely loved it because it's continuing the storyline, not just Jey Uso becoming a bad guy, um, but also the fact that Roman still, after several months being back, cannot get the respect that he needs or that he desires. And you have Owens, who is basically your PG version of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, I said it. Get over internet community. I don't really care what you guys think. You probably can't lift, you know, 20 pounds. Leave it alone. I love me some Kevin Owens. Um, but he's basically destroying his cousin because he had enough of all this stuff. And he, he Roman's whole gimmick is like he's the head of the table. So Owens goes and sits on the announce table, gets the chair, he goes, I'm at the head of this table. And I'm like, ooh, I felt that. Like I got a little chub out of it. It was good. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think... I really would have preferred Owens to be the end game because I don't know what the end game is for who's eventually going to so take these that two have matched up Roman. before. They had and they had the best match at Royal Rumble, and it was great because it was a no holes bar. They went balls to the wall, and then with Braun Strowman coming out and screwing over Roman, and um, Owens retained. Uh, there was a funny gimmick where. Owens, so it's um, Chris Jericho was suspended. That's right, Chris Jericho on AEW that was suspended over in a uh, a shark cage, and then he throws like brass knucks on Owens. So one of the things that Roman does is like the super punch. So Owens puts the brass knucks on and tries the super punch, and you can barely like put a piece of paper between the the distance from his feet and um, the mat. He did not get a lot of height off of it. That was the time we didn't like Roman because they just made him too infallible. But I, I just cracked up. It was great. But that feud's be great because they have history. It's over the same damn title. You know, Owens had to cheat to win, and now Roman cheating to win. And look at him slapping on the table. I'm at the head of the table now. And here's the thing: Owens kind of changed up his look a little bit. The tats, the better beard. He got a little bit more slow. He looks like that, you know, that motorcade fat guy that you believe could beat you up. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. compared to who he was a couple of years ago. And for Owens. He's not really a great face. He's an excellent heel, but right now he's a tweener, and that's why I mean by him being Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, what's a tweener? Guy who's a good guy and kind of a bad guy and all this stuff. And then him and Heyman had a great promo. I might send that to you guys. I'm loving it because I'm loving everything that Roman's doing. I was looking at them shirts, and, you know, he has a shirt that says Head of the Table. I'm like, but I'm not paying yeah. $28 for shipping mm. for a television shirt. I'm an attorney. I would rather pay that. I don't even think I pay that for work shirts. I can't do it for sure. I'm going to wear at the gym when we go back two years from now. We're all safe and no one gets it. I'd be very disappointed. Um, NXT, because uh, we're on SmackDown still building. NXT to takeovers this weekend. Um, War Games. War Games is when you have like two rings, one big cage, four people on each side going against each other. So eight people trying to beat the holy out of each other. They're going to do the women's war cage match. It'll be fine. I, I think they're lacking a little bit of a story build. I think they're actually hurting themselves a little bit by including um, presumably Yoshirai in there. But it's going to be Team Shotzi Blackheart versus Team Cancel Ray. Backstory, long story short, um, Candace basically broke Shotzi's cool, cool toy tank. Uh, it's fine. I, I'm cool with it. It's just the idea that, you know, people want to beat the shit out of each other. Plain and mm. simple. Tony Storm turned heel. Okay, Ember Moon's back. She was on the main roster. Now she's on NXT. Ray Ripley's joining. And then presumably Yoshirai, the women's champion, is going to be there. I, I think you got to keep away championship matches and put them on there as their own individual matches as opposed to including them in a multi-tag match. But that's just me. War games have always been fun. 
Um, I would say watch the first NXT War Games. If I had to give you guys this is the match you need to watch to kind of get what I'm talking about, because I'm not going to go over the rules. I think I did last year. There's a lot to talk about, but yeah, go to instruction. It's just it's chaos and it's great. It's yeah. I'll tell you this. Not everybody starts out once. You know, it's the first person and then the next two and so on and so forth, and the timer kind of comes down. So there's a red revenge field. The bigger War Games matches. The Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly. We love Kyle. We love Adam Cole, too, baby. Roddy, um, Roderick Strong, and then Bobby Fish going against Pat McAfee's team. They call themselves the Kings of NXT, but I'm like, meh. What I would call you Kings yet? Yeah, I would call it Team Punt, but that's just me, because what do I know, right? Um, I just think the nicknames are cool, but it's going to be Pat McAfee. It's going to be Pete Dunne, who we love. Pete Dunne's great. He also got ripped on a vegan diet. What's your secret? Because I, I like pounded like two chalupas last night from Taco Bell. Dude. Really? If it's steroids, I will do it. I don't care. I got nothing. For it. And then Oni Lorcan, who I, I think is underrated. And then um, Danny Birch, who's his tag team partner. They're both tag team champions. There, there's a lot of good history there. Pat McAfee, you really just want a punch in the face. That's how you know he's perfect for the business. As a heel, when you're literally like, man, I really hope he gets hit by a car, you know you're doing your job right. Mm. You know, straight up. It, it, look at that face in the promo, you, guys. Don't you just want to punch that? I mean, I'll be honest. I I should have known that he would be great at it. Um, he, he's got the, I don't know, personality. Um because I, I've met him once in person, which was awesome, and he, he seems like a legitimately cool guy. And from what I've found, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, Charles, but some of the best heels seem to be genuinely really good people. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the thing is Pat just gets it. Right. He gets it. He, he, he knows how to live off a crowd, because what do you do? Play a position that's often scrutinized yeah. you know, as being useless, and then... If you're like my Titans, who it, didn't have Brett Kern Andrew, for it's almost weeks, like we just can do it. It's almost like the, the 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 mentality of goaltenders in hockey. Goaltenders are always those guys that are, they're 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 a little off. They're a little right. off in the head. So like you know Roberto Luongo, Ilya Brzgalov, just guys who you know that you're crazy just to stand there and take a hundred mile per hour pucks to the face, you know, right. into the body. And you have to be a little bit crazy. And I guess as a kicker, the same thing. Like, you, you might have to lose your mind a little bit, and that's probably the only way for you to cope with the scrutiny and stuff like that. Right. Although I would say, I mean, I know that uh, when I did a play in high school, I played a bad guy and um, corrupt politician, as a matter of fact. Um, and initially I was bummed about it because I always like oh, I want to play the good guy I don't know it goes with my personality I suppose but as I did it and as I've gotten older I realized it was so much fun being the bad guy because my normal personality I mean I, I would like to think that I'm a pretty nice fellow uh, who wouldn't hurt anyone intentionally but being able to kind of given to baser urges, if you will, and just be completely nasty. Uh, I don't know. It's do you know? Do you see what I mean? Yeah. No. It, it, it's completely wrestling one on one. You know, like to give an example, um, Rick Rude was the womanizer, right? He would wear his opponents on his tights, his opponents' wives, things like that. 
nicest guy. You know, he would just end up not being a warlord. He would go home and take care of his kids. You know, stuff like that. Uh, Eddie Guerrero, you know, Latino, he, you know, he lied, cheat, and steal, do all this stuff. And he just, you know, did steroids. Okay. Um, people can kind of channel that element because what's the most memorable thing? You know, even when you watch the movies, sometimes the heroes are not the most memorable. It's the villain. Case in point, The Dark Knight. Christian Bale's a fine Batman. He's a fine Bruce Wayne. Everybody remember Heath Ledger's Joker because it allows you to really kind of mince into it. And I think it's very easy to kind of have a perception of how to annoy people because what's the whole purpose of the heel? To get heat, to have people want to see your comeuppance, things of that nature. Um, and Pat, and when I say he gets it, he gets it. You know, I watched, and you know when I watched his match with Adam Cole at that takeover, it wasn't bad at all because Adam Cole is a professional and we love him and he did muy bueno coming into it. Um, so it really did kind of bring into it some kind of element. Do I think he's going to be fantastic in this kind of match? I don't know. Is there concerns? Obviously. Will he be protected? But of course. But you know, if I went to wrestling, I'd love to be a heel. You know, because I, I could if I was a manager, I'd be a heel because it's so hard to root for the good guy. Because you know, what I think the truth is, even though we all inspire as human beings, this is going to be philosophical on a level. But get, he bear with me here. Even though, and thank you, Cyberpunk, for streaming supporting our stream too. Um, understand that even though I think we all want to be inherently good to our degree, because that's how we're kind of institutionalized in society, being able to lie, cheat, and steal to kind of get a title match out of it or win a championship or get a number one contender or just get a victory, you know, it really, I think there's that respectability of whatever it takes kind of mentality, right? And I think that's why wrestlers, especially in the PG era, um, not even the PG era, but I would say starting 1997 when the Attitude Era started, really, really might have been 1996, you know, the bad guys became cool, they became a faction, became imposing, you know, because prior to that it was the Hulkamanius who was a big dude who would say, you know, um, take your vitamins, do your prayers, and drink your milk, and I think people got bored of it, and I think as adults, you know, coming into it now, I think it's just generations because it was cool to rebel, but also it's the introductions of the wrestling, too, you know, people like that, we're all attracted to, we're always like, how many times are like, oh, if I was a nice guy, I you know, if I wasn't a bad, nice guy, I'd kick your ass kind of thing, or, you know, even just insulting Sometimes the best thing about wrestling is not beating the hell out of each other. There's plenty of wrestlers who are not even good at wrestling, but they're good at the smack talking. And so, Maury, um, you can bring into. So I think people like that. I know for me, I, I like the heel. I think when I was a kid, you like the good guys a little bit more because you're like eight years old. But at 31, I'm like, man, NWO was so cool. Just it was a click, man. It was a group of people in their jeans and their NWO shirts, and it, it's four four life. And if you ain't NWO, you're nothing. Right, you know, it's cool. It's really cool. And then Stone Cold, how many times do we want to serve people? Drink beer, rebel against the authority, and then DX just telling everybody, suck it. You know, you like it. I guess today, who would make me, is there anybody who would make me want to be a bad guy today? And, and I think that's important today, also because we have to look at the future generations, because wrestling does survive the next 30 years, and who knows? You know, it's still in its infancy. People will be like, oh, it's been around forever. Kind of. But not really. I would say you're looking back to the old uh, NWA days when they had the little locations and you know the Midwest wrestling and all that stuff. Probably 1960s, 1970s. Probably earlier. But now um, there's a global phenomenon, and it could have its time that comes through. But is that legacy is going to kind of come in? Because I think the problem is in the WWE era and the PG era, it just kind of disappeared. I'll get back to you on that. That's philosophical. So that to think about. Bring it to AEW because time is of the essence. Winter is coming. Sound familiar, right? I set that up as a little bit of a stick bridge. 
interview in the Derrick Henry line, um, you know, foreshadowing to what we're doing here. Because why tomorrow's AEW's Winter's Coming Edition? I don't know if it's cool to mention stuff that's already passed because that's from Game of Thrones and considering the fact that the, the finale really just kind of grinds a lot of people's gears, I don't know if you want to title your episodes that. Why is Winter's Coming? Because it's a cool catchphrase. We're in December. And also there's a big, big match that's going on tomorrow. I don't even know the rest of the card. I'm just going straight to the one that I'm going to watch because I'm going to watch it. NXT main event? Going to discard it. John Moxley is defending his AEW World Heavyweight Championship against Kenny Omega. They have history. They want to get together. You want against each other, even though for some reason they say, "Oh, you can't count wins losses because it's a lights out." Uh, you know, record doesn't apply. I think that's silly. You know, Kenny's kind of become a bad guy, but I don't think he's a fully bad guy yet. I think Hangman's going to try to help out. Remember, he was a tag team champion with Adam Hangman Page, who we love. He's great as the last cowboy, basically, or also James Storm is, but that's a different story for a different division, different ownership. But Moxley's held the belt too long. It's time. Tony Khan, Cody, follow us on Twitter. Drop the belt. Let John kind of take his time off. His wife is pregnant. Congratulations, Renee. Good job for you. Good job for you, John. But it's time to kind of push into a different degree because you need kind of like a different shift because I have not really been a fan of Moxley's um, feuds coming into it. I, I don't think they've been does. I just don't think they've necessarily moved the needle. And I'm also ready to move on to that big point. There's a collateral consequence to every champion having a title for so long. One of it being is you run amok of the, what you consider to be the main event card. Who are your new challengers? You've got to make new stars. And AEW's having a hard time, in my opinion, making new stars that are not someone that people are relatable to. MJF was kind of there, but we dropped the ball. And I thought we were going to leave a backdoor open for MJF to come back and claim that championship because all the other people who have had the AEW main title have been WWE guys, Jericho and Moxley. And they both had extremely lengthy times with the title. And he's run through some other guys, but what we, I knew Lance Archer wasn't going to beat him. They didn't even address the history too much that they had in Japan. What's going on here? But if you give it to uh, to Kenny, at least I think Kenny could uh, put on a different style of matches, and maybe you can create some new baby faces. Because even though Kenny went heel in the most unorthodox way, he was like, I'm just solo now. And he's talking trash about John Moxley. I think you do the first solidification. How do we do this? Because I don't think Kenny wins clean. What do we know about Kenny Omega? He split from his tag team partner, Adam Hangman Page. They went against each other for the number one contendership match, which is what led to them here. It was clean. There was no betrayals, nothing like that. I think Hangman, in desperation for his buddy, because he's treating losing Kenny like he's losing lover. I love that kind of storytelling, mm -hmm. because it goes to show that you are my tag team partner. You know, we're working together. Mind you, now I was about to make myself laugh because I thought about that ready video I sent you guys. I'm like, all right, I'll concede. Wrestling's a little out there. Um, eat your ass like Colin Green. Jesus Christ, Ernest the Cat Miller. God bless you for the way you say things not realizing it. Kids, go find that clip. It's hysterical. Um, maybe you should edit it on the podcast. I don't know. But, uh, but I have a sneaky suspicion that Adam Hangman Page is going to interfere, cost Moxley the title to help Kenny win, and then the storyline goes further that Kenny just says, you know, he just uses Hangman as a tool. That's good storytelling, and then, like, six months from now, Paige ends up winning the title from Kenny. Give me that, please. It makes me invested. I like long-term storytelling. If I know the payoff, it's going to be worth it, and you have direction. Do I think they have direction? Yeah, because I think it's on the face of it. Can things change? Everything's up to change. That's wrestling for you. So tomorrow, main event, AEW Dynamite, John Moxley, Kenny Omega, Winter is Coming Edition. Hopefully it doesn't disappoint like the Game of Thrones finale. Um, <laughs> side note. Man, I'm clever. What can I say? Side note. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. 
Damn. Now, anyway, I'll bring you back in. It's interesting because they're not going to do a pay-per-view for a while. So if they're going to give this the big fight feel, they need to give it an hour. They need to let the guys wrestle for like 50 minutes and 55, and then you have the betrayal that happens. Because what better way to solidify Kenny's heel turn? Think about it this way, guys. Where not only does he beat Moxley, everybody loves Moxley, right? But then he also just like maybe does something to his buddy Hangman Page, which just helped him win the title. And gives him like the big middle finger. That's double heat. That's heat I live for. Give me that. And that's all I got for you in the cage this week in a very kind of pseudo long segment. All right. So I guess we'll close it out here, guys. This is, uh, it's been quite a season for us. Uh, we started with episode 69. Nice. Which is very nice. And uh, we're here at episode 86. So we're now. 14 away from 100 so that'll happen sometime i guess in season five and yeah man it's been quite a journey these i mean this whole year dear lord uh the fact that the the, the fact that we got through season three and and we trudged along i mean re-uploading the episodes and listening in on them from season three and the fact that we trudged along during the virus when everything was closed down i don't even know how we went through that with our sanity intact but we did and this has been quite a few months of sports you know we've had uh championships uh for for andrew and of course uh the world series that we cared about nba finals that we cared about nfl seasons going well for me and charles all right and so and it's been quite uh, a year and uh just want to thank everybody who has tuned in who has contributed those several cents all of the real sponsors out there all the non-sponsors out there all the freddie and bu for constantly consistently showing up and listening to us we we thank you as well my good buddies andrew and charles thank you for joining me on this i started this not even with this aim of all this other stuff that I've added with the merch and all stuff. And I just love the absurdity of it, really. Uh, the absurdity that we get paid in some sort of way through advertisements. <laughs> it just It's funny to me. It's funny to me. But I love doing this show. Uh, I'm glad that we're going to take a break because uh, it allowed me to experiment with, experiment with some stuff over that uh, break and see what's going to happen come 2021. But uh, I'm glad we were able to get through this with the last four months and all these episodes. And things are trending upward still with us. So and you can always re- We're not going anywhere. You can still reach out to us on our respective platforms. Yeah. You've got uh, Dan Frijoles for myself, FJOGR for Francisco, Charles the True for Senor Charles over there. Uh, reach out to us on Sports Goose directly. Uh, we're not going anywhere. You can still catch us on yeah, the Discord we... server. All right. So. All right. Good night, y'all. Last call, real quickly. Yeah. Guys, it's Given Tuesday. Holiday season come upon us. I, I did this today. I'll give to everybody. Close out my hiver thing. Holidays are not just to value those, but also to kind of give some good in this world. Give some donations if you want, whether it be food, money, whatever you got to do, clothes, all that stuff, whatever your general donations are. I implore you, look into it. Might do some good. We got our own right now. Everybody enjoy holidays. And that, yeah. 
Beat the virus. that you choose to be fine. Beat the virus. St. Jude's. You may say whatever you like. I'm not telling you to donate to a particular cause. Figure out what you want to do. Do what you can. Right? That's the way it goes. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Listen, and uh, all of our past episodes on podcast form now. Where we're definitely not going to go anywhere. And uh, once again, once the once the human race is gone, this will be the only thing left for the aliens to discover. So, <laughs> anyways, take care, everybody. We're signing off on 2020. Number 40, waiting for the kick. Terrific kick into the end zone.